Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Siobhan, this episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast, uh, is brought to you by Wolverine. I love Wolverine. The, Which one? Uh, the one who has a new podcast on Stitcher. Is that, uh, is, it, is he just called Patch or Mr. Patch when he has an eye patch? What? <laughs> Don't you remember that era of Wolverine? Scott Rowe, do you know what I'm talking about? I, do I need to go back and listen to your recent Patreon episode? Is he just called Patch? About... The X-Men? Yeah, anyway. No, it's fine. Continue. <laughs> Continue with this uh, terrible sponsorship <laughs> attempt. Um, so, Wolverine is the best there, there is at what he does. And at the moment, what he does is host his own podcast. Lovely. On oh Stitcher. I really... Okay. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. But also, I really <laughs> wish that this was a podcast where it was like someone talking in character as Wolverine. Just like about talking about like the week's events. Or recipes. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like reviewing DC comics yeah. as Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> just talking to Jubilee, talking about what's going on in the mansion. But this is something that, like, you know, whenever I go on a long drive and I'm like, oh, I want to read comics, I don't want to drive for two hours, and, you know, I want I want to hear a story. Mm. And that's kind of what this is. I've never I've never been able to find one that mm. kind of held my, held my attention. I've downloaded the first few episodes of this, which are out now. Uh, so it is called Wolverine the Long Night. It's a 12-episode scripted series that's um, out uh, between Marvel and Stitcher Premium. Um, and the first two episodes are already up. Um, you can get it um, for $5 a month through Stitcher Premium. Of course, it gets it gives you access to all the many other shows on Stitcher Premium, but there is a unique promo code for our show, mm-hmm. um, which is the, the very, very creative code, Issues. Nice. Um, that uh, everyone who's listening right now can go to the Stitcher website and sign up for Premium for the, the uh, a free month of Stitcher Premium. Um, so you can hear the first few episodes of the Wolverine, the Long Night podcast. Um, all you need to do is go to stitcher.com slash premium and use the code issues. Um, and uh, we get a little bit of a for everyone, everyone that signs up. You know, I, lo- I can't really whistle, but you know, I love. Yeah, there we go. I was going to maybe, maybe do like a snicked sound effect <laughs> in, in post. I, I won't do that. Though. We don't have the budget for that. No, not unless enough people sign up to Stitcher Premium using the code issues, listen to the new Wolverine podcast, and maybe we get enough of a bit of a... Great. To turn that into a snicked. Great. Real Thanks. good. It's probably the best sponsorship app we've ever done. I agree. Head to uh, stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code issues. Listen to uh, an incredible new show about um, our, our, our good friend, Mr. Patch. <laughs> I think it's just Patch. Okay. Wolverine. Uh, the Long Night. It's uh, about a, a, a bunch of mysterious deaths Deaths in Burns, Alaska. Uh, we have special agents Sally Pierce and Tad Marshall arriving to investigate, and they soon find there's more going on than meets the eye. 
Um, it's the first scripted podcast from Marvel uh, starring people that I don't know. Nice. Uh, oh, and someone that I do know, Richard Armitage, is uh, is Wolverine. Oh. Um, and uh, it premiere, it's, it's uh, the first few episodes are up now, so go cool. check it out, and hopefully we get more of these from Marvel. Uh, just make sure you use that code, issues, at stitcher.com slash premium. Great. And on with the show. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Serious Issues of the Comic Book Podcast. Uh, my name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. And every week, um, just the two of us yep. r- review all of uh, the comics that came out the week prior to the one we were recording. Every single time we've recorded this episode. Every single time. Uh, except last week. Except um, last week. Well done, Siobhan, for putting that, uh, that that show together. Hey, thank you. Entirely by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Imagine if it had just been like two hours of just me talking. I did that yeah, once, I know. remember? Yeah, was- I'm surprised you're like... Mental state. It was really survived. weird. Yeah. yeah, it was, it, and because I like I'm I my brain will always make the worst joke available to me, mm. and normally at the very least I get a groan out of you. Yeah, but you just have to imagine groans when you're doing it by yourself. <laughs> but uh, uh, thanks so much to Talia and Jim and Nate for uh, stepping in and helping mm-hmm. us review all of the comics last week while I was in New Zealand. Did you have a nice time? Uh, I had an amazing time. Um, I uh, was surrounded by by beautiful mountains in Queenstown. Lovely. Lovely. Um, I, I jogged. I, I was in the land of my favorite beer, Spates. Um, I can't if, believe you were doing exercise on holidays. I mean, you're Why? surrounded by mountains. So, like, yeah, that's who, nice. who doesn't want to climb a fucking mountain? True. Um, so, I did that. I climbed a mountain every morning. What did you do last <laughs> week, Siobhan? <laughs> oh. Um, but I'd like to say, if, if, if uh, anyone from Spates uh, Golden Ale is listening and, and loved the sound of our, our sponsorship at the start of this episode, um, not. please go, uh, go, go get in touch. I would love to be sponsored by Spates because mm. um, I'm dieting at the moment. I limited myself to a half pint every day. Um, what and, a treat. Yeah, and it was great. It's a beautiful beer. Lovely. Love Spates. That's nice. Uh, pr- 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 proud sponsor of, of, of the future episodes of this podcast, I hope. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, what's your favorite beer, Siobhan? Um, look, I'm not much of a beer drinker, let's be honest. Okay. I like a shandy. You got shandy? Again. <laughs> Wait, so a beer with lemonade, is that what a shandy yeah. is? Or ginger ale. Uh-huh. It's delicious. What what beer is the go-to shandy? Is um, it, or is, at that point, it doesn't really matter. Look, You're putting that really much matter. lemonade. <laughs> My boyfriend drinks a lot of Asahis, so we always he have does. Asahis in the house. And he, I love that he never ever, like, you, oh, when I come visit, he'll never be like, hey, do you want a beer? He'll be like, specifically, do you want an Asahi? Like, <laughs> Yeah, um, Asahi also reach out if you want to sponsor, yeah. sponsor the podcast. <laughs> we'll get Nate on as a regular guest if you do. Um, so uh, every time that we do this podcast, um, we review all of the comics and all the comics that we're talking about on this episode. You can pick up at King's Comics in Sydney, which mm-hmm. is 310 Pitt Street in Sydney. Mm-hmm. They've even got a website. Yeah. In 2018, can you believe it? And it's um, pretty good. Kingscomics.com uh, features not only all the comics that we talk about on here, but also countless Thousands of, uh, oh of singles God. and trades and even a crazy uh, bunch of weird finds from the extensive uh, and forbidden King's yes. Warehouse that uh, I've just been, I've been like, you know, I've, been, I've been doing this for te- two years now. I, I would have hoped by now I would have been like at least given like a, a, a blindfolded drive yeah. to the warehouse location. I've been working at King's for 10 years and I have never been to the warehouse because I don't want to. Maybe the it sounds dusty. Exist. Oh, really? I can't wait. That sounds mm. so much fun. Mm. It sounds like the kind of place where you'd be like, all right, now I'm finally going to... And then immediately you would just be need to go to the toilet. Yeah. Like, what? You know how like, <laughs> have you ever like, gone to like, a record store and you're like, oh my God, they've got like just like records or even comic book stores are probably yeah. a, a better better thing to bring up in a, in a comic book <laughs> podcast. Um, and you're like, oh my God, finally get to you know, go through all these old sales bins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, you, you like flick one and you're like, oh my God, I need to go to the toilet. And yeah, then you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, I don't even know if there is a toilet here. <laughs> 
What do I do? I could be missing out on this bargains. This seems like a really specific experience that you have had a number of times. Yeah. I don't think I get that like excited needing to pee when I want to book <laughs> It's, not, it's not about an exciting thing. It's about the sudden neglect of right. you know, a daily necessity. Yeah, I feel like in the King's Warehouse, it would be more like, you're like, oh, all right, this is going to be exciting. And then you're crushed to death by 20 pallets of comics from the 1980s. That's a good way to go out there. Absolutely. Um, so we begin every episode of uh, Serious Issues with a little segment called First Things First, in which we review all of the number ones that came out last week. Um, yeah, well, quite you, a few this week. Yeah, if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that um, I was not meant to be doing any of the episode. Mm. But instead, um, the, the, the uh, number one offerings were so good that I demanded that I still record First Things First. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel similar about this week. It was a good week. It was a really good week for number ones and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this off um, with uh, what I think is going to be a unanimous favourite number one. Uh, from Archie Comics, the, mm. their Archie Horror imprint, um, we get the number one issue of Vampironica yes. written by Greg Smallwood and Meg Smallwood with art by Greg Smallwood um, and uh, he did the colours as well. Um, and this is like, you know, following the afterlife of the Archie book and the Sabrina the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and mm-hmm. um, the less good than those, but still pretty fun, um, The Jughead, The Hunger, mm-hmm. which began as a great one-shot, but then kind of didn't really have the momentum when it became a long, an ongoing series. Um, this is uh, imagining uh, that uh, Veronica of the Archie Comics fame uh, is uh, bitten by a vampire at a party mm-hmm. and uh, is now a vampire. Um, it is probably one of the most beautiful comics uh that archie has ever published just because greg smallwood is one of the greatest artists uh doing comics today absolutely and really well suited to this too like and we last saw him on on moon Knight, which i thought was kind of like the apex of what he'd done um until that point but um who knew he'd be so great at drawing teens and not just like you know classic kind of beautiful renditions of, of like you know your because this before this is a, hor- a horror book it, mm-hmm. it is like a pretty classic archie um you know mm-hmm. veronica fawning over archie and instead he's going out with betty and all that kind of you know your classic mm-hmm. archie mm-hmm. capers but uh he's also great at doing the horror stuff too yeah i mean we knew that from moonlight anyway but uh i don't really need to tell anyone much about the plot basically uh-huh. something happens and and veronica is a uh is a vampire yeah and uh the scene where, like, just the panel where <laughs> Veronica emerges from Cheryl Blossom's pool, which is stained red with blood, pulling two vampires out with her. And she says, hey, Cheryl, cool party. <laughs> that was, like, immediately I was like, oh, this is the comic for me. It's, I love this. This is so good. And this is the kind of so comic good. that, like, they could take their sweet time on this. Give me one issue a year. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the story doesn't really that. matter, but it's still really good. Absolutely. Um, and... Uh, it's just this is like a real treat as an Archie fan, mm-hmm. as a kind of like schlocky horror fan. Mm-hmm. It fits so well into what what they've already put out through this imprint, and uh, may grow to be my favorite overall because it's kind of like the simplest of all of them so far. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I, I love uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa's uh, writing on Afterlife and, uh, and 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 Sabrina, but you know he does get mired in you know, exposition and explaining the, which is cool. It kind of definitely adds to the kind of the horror throwback vibes that he's going for. But But this was incredibly like straightforward and tightly paced and like, yeah, really, really um, minimalistic in a lot of ways. Like there's no narration. There's barely any sort of um, explanation or. Yeah. Yeah. It just is all action and it's all great. It's excellent. Um, I've been, I've really missed uh, reading uh, Greg's books uh, with Greg Smallwood on art. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been doing a few covers uh, here and there for um, for Valiant. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he actually has a book that he's doing for Valiant 
um, coming very soon cool. too. So we'll be getting a lot of him this year. But this was just an absolute treat. Yeah. Um, if you can still find a fir- the, uh, the first issue of this um, at your comic book store, by all means, pick it up because uh, this is going to be a fun fun series to collect. For sure. I love the Archie Horror imprint. It's it's one of the smartest things that Archie have done yep. in a long time, I think. I think uh, like I love, just quickly, Greg Smallwood's, I didn't know he was this good at like facial expressions. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the um, Veronica is like gorgeous and really expressive and it's really wonderful to see. I love it. And also the, this is just a little aside, but I feel like we see so many examples of a male writer being given the chance to, or being given a, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a book to write um, a, a female character. And mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not of the belief that some, one cannot write the other. No, of course not. But there are so many moments that I feel like we've been like, you know, oh, it would have been cool if they got a co-writer on this. Yeah. And the fact that Greg has got his sister, I assume sister. I have no idea. I Meg, kind of assumed wife. Meg, but Meg, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's wife. <laughs> um, apologies to the Smallwoods. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's gotten Meg Smallwood to, to co-write this with him. I think it's just that comes from such a good place. Yeah, totally. And makes me feel so happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it also, I don't know, like, I mean... It just lends a certain element of um, female gaze to the whole thing. Exactly, that's the biggest so thing. So, from Veronica's perspective, um, and it doesn't have you know awkward moments of Betty and Veronica comparing dress size or some shit like that. Totally, but Mark it, Wade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still like you know very much a uh, you know there's moments of teenage kind of sexiness within yeah, it. Absolutely, um, it's not entirely lacking, lacking from the book at all, but it's handled nicely. Absolutely. I love this issue. This is awesome. Yeah, I was, same. One Perfect. Of those, one of those ones where I was like, oh, I hope Siobhan liked this one as much as I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. That was I excellent. Did. Perfect issue. Um, so everyone was like kind of firing on all cylinders this week uh, when it came to number ones, but I think we had a great, we know, we've, we've been seeing this a lot lately is uh, Image mm-hmm. kind of having a lot of, the success rate of new, new series has been mm-hmm. pretty great. Um, and uh, we, I knew that we would both love this book going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a... Uh, a um, a serious issues favorite. I forgot Absolutely. the name of our podcast for a second. Nice. Um, Rich Tommaso, who last year gave us one of our favorite books, Spy Seal, which was criminally under under bought. Yeah, guys, like buy the trade. So much so that like he took to Twitter to express his disappointment yeah. and how bad sales of it had been. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't what checked his Twitter this week. What do people want your comment, from your comments? But Spicier was a drastically different uh, book to uh, his latest effort, which is called Dry County. Uh, this is from Rich Tommaso. Um, he does art and he writes this book. Um, he's previously given us She-Wolf and Dark Corridor. And also, what's his Clo- lo- Clover Honey? Have you read that one? No, that's the only one that I haven't read. And that's getting re-released on April 11th. Great. Um, so I will uh, definitely be checking that out. Uh, but... Everything he does is very different from a point of genre and also from a point of just like tone and writing mm-hmm. and art too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this latest comic is called Dry County. Um, it is, I guess, some like his attempt, not attempt, his take on a almost kind of like noir. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's set in Miami um, during the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not very, it's not. Super specific when it's set. It's like you could kind of... Um, 60s, 70s? No, someone's wearing Earlier? a nine-inch nails t-shirt. In one oh, of is it? Panels. Wow, shit. Holy moly. I, so I, I think it's supposed to be like pretty recent. Oh, yeah, totally. Like I'm 90s. It feels like there's, there's, there's moments of like quite datedness in yeah. the way uh, some of the characters act in this. Um, but um, holy shit, there you go, nine-inch nails. Shouts nine-inch nails. <laughs> and also the television has like a DVD on top of it. Yeah, and it's like a, it's like a big square boxy TV. Um, but this is sort of like a um, one of the Talia, 
who really, really loved this book, Talia from Kings, we were talking about it and she was saying that um, she liked how it kind of takes the sort of fairly broad tropes, like the sort of boy meets girl meet cutie sort of stuff and Rich Tomaso always finds some way of doing something really clever and interesting with that. So like She-Wolf was such an interesting look at like werewolf tropes from sure. movies and stuff. So I think he always does something really clever and different. So this is like a, follows the um, the life of uh, a, a, few, a week in the life of a guy called Lou Rossi um, who is a kind of go-nowhere slacker um, in a job he hates. He's a cartoonist for the local paper. Yep. Um, that's what gave me the the uh, the fifties vibe. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think. Um, and uh, he's you know he lives in an apartment where he's surrounded by people that are much older than him, and he mm-hmm. bumps into a girl in the laundromat um, who's much younger than him. Oh, sorry, much uh, his age, age even much <laughs> younger than them. Uh, and uh, immediately you know love at first sight, and they start to hit it off. But it turns out she has secrets of her own. Mm. Um, and uh, I really got a lot of Dan Clowes vibes from yeah. this. Yep, um, the art. Style um, certainly is like a kind of simplified version of uh, of Dan Clowes, which is not no slight on no, uh, on Tommaso at all, but it was it's reminiscent of that. But also this kind of story, um, heavily narrated from first person, mm-hmm. in the way that this is, and you know we've we've seen this kind of style of narration recently in Kill or Be Killed, but like you know um, Clowes is kind of the master of letting you peer into the mind of someone's worst thoughts while yeah. challenging you to like. The character yeah, still, absolutely. and this character of of Lou Rossi is is certainly no, you know, hero. No, um, but he's no like total scumbag. Not either. at all. But like you know, he, he has some dark thoughts, and we and and we and we're, we're, he shares them with the reader. Yeah, well, it's all book. it's all narrated in a sort of like it's his diary, and it's these scraps of lined paper that um instead of sort of more traditional uh, narration boxes and stuff like that, which I think is sort of clever. I like really love the way that the Pages are all laid out. It feels very like collagey and yeah, totally. It really works, and I really say like that, the, the the even the, like the colors, everything. It's just so uh, to go from this from to spot from Spy Seal to this. Yeah, it couldn't. You would you would be like hard pressed to go like, oh, this is a Rich Tomaso book. Absolutely, like, he is such a like. Every one of his books I have completely loved, and they're all so different. They're all so unique. Like, he's obviously super super talented super creative super imaginative and the colors on this book we haven't even talked about the colors but it's like pure miami vice I literally like... just brought up the colors did you yeah don't worry. <laughs> whatever sorry so no, like no, focused no. on my opinions no, that no, i can't no. even listen to you um <laughs> please continue <laughs> but i love it it's gorgeous um this also have had the biggest belly laugh i've had in a comic in quite some time oh yeah um in which uh uh, like the, a friend of Lou's is driving away, and as he's leaving, he gets cut off by um, a, a, a beetle with uh, with four girls in it, um, and almost crashes. And then he yells out, "Holy shit! Did you see that, Louis?" And then we just get a close up of his face saying, "Those chicks totally wanted to suck my cock," and it was just so ridiculous and silly. And I just, I just yeah. destroyed me. It was great. It fucked me up, fam. Really funny. <laughs> really uh, funny, but also like just. I feel like dudes think like that sometimes. I know, exactly. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I feel like we've seen a version of that joke so many times, but yeah. it was so funny for it to be like almost a near-death experience and yeah. for, for that to be his response. Absolutely. Really funny. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'll be following this with uh, with bated breath. Absolutely, for sure. Um, I highly recommend this one too. Dry County, issue number one in stores now. The next issue is out on April 11th, which is the same day as the re-release of Clover Honey, the um, artist's cut, Rich Tomaso's 
the only book that he's written that uh, Siobhan hasn't read. Mm. Uh, so look forward to lots of stuff from uh, Rich Tommaso being talked about in the podcast in the future. Uh, Image also put out another book this week called Infidel um, by the team that gave us um, another book last year that I forgot the name of. Actually, maybe that was something different. Don't worry about it. Forget what I said anything. This, um, this, this book, Infidel, uh, is by a bunch of creators that I, I'm not familiar with at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I definitely would be familiar with uh, the name Porn Sack Pishishote. I'm Pish- sure. I've, like, I'm definitely familiar with that name. I'm going to look him up while you're, while you're talking about this issue. Um, oh, great. Okay, so uh, Infidel is um, written by Pornsack uh, Pichichote. I'm definitely going to I'm just going to own that I completely yeah. fucked that name up. Sorry. That's a tough Sorry, one. Pornsack. Um, Sorry, Pornsack. Sorry, uh, Pornsack. And uh, the artist is Aaron Campbell. Um, colors and edited by Jose Villarubia. Villarubia. Um, and uh, this book is like, in part, like a slice of life for... From from the point of view of a um, a Muslim woman who is living with her white partner's mother um, and and her partner's um, daughter as well, um, and adjusting to life uh, not only with her mother who you know her, her her partner suspects of being manipulative, but also there were a string of murders mm-hmm. in their apartment building below them um, before she moved in, and so. Um, she is kind of haunted by these very vivid, awful dreams of uh, of monsters, um, and uh, and not sleeping well, and then also kind of trying to calm her her partner down um, when he insists that they move away from his mother because she's mani- trying to, trying to manipulate their daughter. Um, and then great. Well, then we also have genuine horror, mm. uh, the genuine presence of, of monsters, potentially some yep. form of demon, awful bullshit living in the apartment and affecting our main character um, and uh, I guess influencing her to do some things that she uh, is going to affect other people in this book. And he's, a scary, he's a scary naked ghost. He's a scary naked ghost. Almost Dong Watch. You can't really make out his Dong. It kind of looks like it's a blob. It's a big blob watch. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a genital blob. God. Awful. Um, I, yeah, this was this was some... Extreme spooky comics with many layers and all these characters feel incredibly, like, well-rounded and lived in, um, which is, like, always a satisfying read. You don't feel like these characters have just appeared. They, they've been living lives up until the point that we've seen them, um, which is very clever. I yes, think. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, uh, this, there's so much going on in this, um, in this, uh, in this, this first issue um, that just feels like... I don't know, it, 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 you just learn so much about the world without ever being exhausted by like Absolutely. having to remember so much of it as you continue through the issue. It delivers on the horror stuff and mm-hmm. leaves leaves you on quite a bit of a cool cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I love that mystery of like, you know, are these demons real or are they just in, inside this character's head? Yeah. They never are. They never But It's comic books, guys. Yeah, um, I thought this was like a, a really, really strong first issue. Um, and uh, the writer, Pornsack, um, Turns out he was formerly an editor at Vertigo, and he was the editor on We Three and Sea oh, cool. and Sweet Tooth. And oh, wow. So, like, some amazing Definitely. Books. Um, and he's also a uh, film director. He's directed two short films. Which uh, ones? They are called Women Who Eat Meat mm-hmm. and Color of Doubt and Urban Fable. Okay. Well, he's great, and I really like him. And yep. I, just, I just looked him up on Twitter, and all he does is uh, review like like and shout out other comics he likes, which is That's really, really cool. cool to see from other creators. Um, he, in fact, he's, he's already reviewed every number one that we're about to talk about <laughs> this episode. Don't look at his Twitter. Uh, it's at real underscore porn suck. Tell him serious issues sent you. 
and um, also ask him how to pronounce his name, but don't say it's us asking. Yes. Do it on our behalf because we've given you so much and we yep. ask for so little back just this once. Absolutely. Um, so Image had a really great week of number ones. In fact, uh, I'm, 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 I don't know when we're going to hit a one that I didn't like. I know we will at one point, though. Um, Black Mask Studios this week put out a, uh, a comic. This is the uh, return creative team from uh, a book that didn't actually ship to King, so I never read it. It's called The Dregs. Um, did you? No, I've never read, read it, but one? it sounds interesting. And this one definitely put kind of Black Mask on the map last year alongside the um, five kids walking to a bank. Um, kids a, four kids. Is it four? I think so. I just like, you know, multiplying it. Mm. It's a sequel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one hour thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, The Dregs was uh, definitely one that a lot of people were talking about. And it was written, um, by, written by Zach Thompson and Lonnie, Lonnie Nadler. And that, those writers returned for this book, which is called Come Into Me, uh, featuring pencils and inks by Peter Kowalski, who I really enjoyed on the um, image series Sex. Ah, right, okay. Which is on a hiatus at the moment. Um, but so it was very great seeing his... Uh, I, I love his art. I love his faces. Um, and uh, here he gets the chance to draw some really grotesque bullshit. Yeah, I don't know if I love his faces. That would have been the one thing that I'm like, mm, I don't know if I necessarily love him. He draws the, some weird you, noises. You get used to them pretty fast. Okay. It's, a, it's a style thing. <laughs> Um, colors on this one by Nico Gardia, uh, and come into me, uh, is a title that I made fun of the name of. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Still, still makes me feel weird. But this is almost based on the concept of the film being John Malkovich in which anyone can enter a a hole and see what life through the eyes of John Malkovich is like. Okay. I haven't seen that movie. Um, oh, you see, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Spike Jones did it. I should. It's pretty good. Hmm. John Malkovich is in it. Oh, no way. (laughs) Um, but uh, coming to me is, uh, in, in fact, uh, it's not it's not done through a, a random uh, door that you open and, and suddenly find yourself in the body of someone else. This is a surgical procedure um, in which that using really disgusting looking like flesh tubes, meat tech. Yeah. Um, you you connect yourself to the mind of another person, and, and you, can, you you see the world through their eyes, and you inhabit their body with them. That's right. So you can communicate with them while looking at what they see and, and having access to their memories, uh, but you can't affect what they do or you know mm. make make them do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is a uh, a medical kind of experiment that has led to some failures and death in the past, as we mm-hmm. see in the opening scene. Um, but the kind of lead scientist or lead doctor on this project uh, is introduced to um, a woman who is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is determined, she's basically, she wants to pay to be a volunteer, um, in this medical procedure. Um, because she sees it very much as a, um, something that could be, uh, very financially great for yes. the people. They can make a lot of money out of it if they sort of make it a little, uh, I have no words today. I'm sorry. Um, use them all last week. Accessible. Right. Um, yeah, and, and so there's there's a lot going on here in the relationship between the doctor and his new volunteer, mm-hmm. um, especially when she inhibits his body mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, is really envious of what he's able to do with his body but doesn't, but then learns, you know, what he does instead of what she would do with his body. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed this. This is really, really cool and, and um, uh, a pretty strange concept, but a really strong first issue. Yeah, you know, what? I really, I really like the concept for me i don't like the art i right. there's just something about it that doesn't appeal to me and i didn't i don't especially like the colors i think it looks really weird and washed out and there are moments where it, it, i think it could be so much more grotesque if the colors were dialed up and i think we're sort of missing a little bit of that body horror element because sure. it's not as um 
clear necessarily what's going on. Yeah, his the colors on sex were really really popping. Yeah. Um, whereas these, you're right, they are, they are definitely a bit washed out, a and bit it, it makes his art look a lot more dated. It almost because yeah. he looks like he, he's actually quite a stylized artist, but here with these colors, you're right, it actually makes him look like a um, 90s you know, vertigo. Exactly. Uh, or even like 90s X-Men. Yeah. Um, great back matter, though. I really enjoyed There's two essays in the back. Um, one first essay is about... I can't even remember what that was about. Oh, yeah, Sounds it was great. creepy. Oh, about a lady doing a, her own cesarean on a beach by herself with just a knife. Horrible. Yikes. Really horrible. But then there's also a really interesting article, um, essay about uh, Junji Ito's Tomi, mm-hmm. which is like an amazing body horror comic. Yeah, he's one of your favorite manga manga yes. writers and artists. Scary, scary, scary horror comics. Check it. Check out Tommy. Definitely awesome. check out Tommy. Unreal. Um, so will you be sticking with this in spite yeah, of not loving the art? <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, the concept is cool enough for me to like um, overlook and the fact that the art doesn't 100% appeal to me. Black Mask pretty much always maintains some level of interest for us anyway. Yeah, too. for sure. So, They're doing yeah. really interesting stuff. Definitely. Um, so that's Come Into Me, issue number one. Um, and uh, now we move over to the latest entry. Uh, from DC's Young Animal imprint. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a brand new series starting. We got little peaks at this uh, during the Milk Wars event mm-hmm. that I didn't really pay attention to uh, nope. because those issues were overstuffed as is. Um, but this is called Eternity Girl and it was written by Magdalene Visaggio with art by Sunny Liu and colors by Chris Chukri. Um And this uh, tells a story of a woman who was given, while on like a, a, a secret government kind of assignment, uh, she is like becomes she is given or not given she just comes into contact with this thing this thing that this incident happens and she now has elemental powers Mm -hmm. um she is a shapeshifter Mm -hmm. it hurts for her to remain in human form so when she's relaxing she's this like blue haired half scaly half kind of like rotting bird armed bird legged yeah um you know she she's she she's not as appealing to look at as humanity would like her to be yes um and uh this has driven her to become suicidal Mm -hmm. however every time she attempts to kill herself many many times over she finds that she cannot die yes um and so this issue opens with her uh in therapy uh telling a therapist all of this um and then uh, we see her trying to return to to her old job um and uh the denial of that causes her to see a vision of someone that she thought was dead um and uh that person is like, well, technically you're dead too. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two make a pact to potentially destroy the world so that she can finally die. Yeah. Good. I liked this a lot. Huge, huge, like, mega trigger warning. <laughs> Though this is primarily an issue about depression and suicide, and it's fairly, like, explicit in those terms. Um, but I found this incredibly, like captivating i love sunny Liu's art i think that it's a really interesting concept does something really cool with the the sort of um metamorpho elemental man um character type Mm -hmm. which um i love and i think that's something that's always been touched on in this character that he's this kind of sad guy who can never really die but can never really be alive again um and i think that's a really interesting thing to play around with in the superhero genre yeah, and I think like you know, like you said, it is definitely you know a tr- huge trigger warning, um, given the, the the suicidal content. And mm. but I think it, it it maintains a level of far outness. Yeah, that it never feels like exploitative. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I really enjoy this. This is a really strong debut. In fact, like if you if you go back to our reviews of the first issues of um, all of the uh, Young Animal number ones, um, or the Young Animal series, sorry, from last year, I don't think we had as strong a kind of like connection to any of them as much as I did this. Mm. Um, this, this really, really sells the concept very quickly, even though I'm not quite sure what happened at the end. The, the ending is the only kind of up in the air, like what's going on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got to, you've got to expect that some level of uh, what the fuck's going on For in, sure. a, in a young animal book. There's an element of like not, you're not quite sure what is real and what's, is she, is she hallucinating or is this stuff really happening? Does she exist on multiple planes at one time? Yeah. And uh, she's, you know, says that she's losing time. And so she, uh, there's jumps, there's narrative jumps. But what this issue did really well that I feel like a lot of those other number ones didn't is it really sells the main character yes. um, and what her motivations are and, you know, how she's going to shape these, you know, next 12 issues of this comic or whatever. Absolutely. Um, I really enjoyed this. Eternity Girl, another great number one uh, through DC's Young Animal imprint. Now we go from one to zero. Um, we get another um, prelude to Secret Weapons, um, one of my favorite series of last year. It came out through Valiant, written by um, Eric Heisserer, with um, art by Raul Allen, colors by Patricia Martin. Um, after getting a, a zero issue a, a month or so ago, uh, focused on the, uh, the girl who has bird powers, the power, mm-hmm. to, power to talk to and communicate with birds, um, we get a, a zero issue about... Um, Owen is called uh, Secret Weapons Owen Story and um, so if you've not read Secret Weapons the whole thing uh, is tied into the kind of uh, Harbinger um, stuff over at Valiant um, basically Syets are people with, that get diagnosed with, with powers and um, they're all living in a facility mm-hmm. um, like a school that they kind of almost feel it's like a prison mm-hmm. they're, they're free to leave but none of them know what to do outside of the facility um, and so they're, you know, they're training to, to use their powers in there. And um, after the facility and all of its inhabitants are exposed by the media, um, the government come after them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Secret Weapons is all about um, the survival of these four random sites. Um, Whose powers are maybe not the most useful. Yeah. Um, and so Owen's power is he is able to conjure items out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he is not able to make any of those items useful. Yes, they do not arrive when he needs them, and they are not what he needs. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes he'll accidentally conjure something in his sleep, as we mm. see here in this issue. Um, where the last... I can't, I can't remember the, what the name of the last zero issue they did, but it was, you know... Um, it, would, it, it was would, Nikki's story, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. It was set in the past, and it would jump forward every um, to all these notable moments in time. This uses a similar um, storytelling method. However, each of them are surrounded about around him conjuring something random mm-hmm. and uh, each little chapter in this issue is is named after the thing he, he he conjures out of nowhere so the first chapter is called cute doll the second one is called tire pump the second one is called leaf skimmer and so on and uh, the whole thing is prefaced around him um, selling all these items that he's conjured out of nowhere at a garage sale mm-hmm. and we learn why he's trying to make some money um, mm-hmm. pretty quickly in this issue that jumps through time and we see kind of all the events leading up to him being a part of the Secret Weapons uh, miniseries that came out last year. And it's a, kind of like a cool insight into his powers and the potential of his powers because all of these items become useful at some point in his life. So you're sort of like, oh, this is, his powers just like also weirdly time travel based or, yeah. you know, it's really clever. And where Nikki's story didn't really see her uh, interact with any of the characters that would then go on to be in Secret Weapons, this one does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it gave me the warm, fuzzy feelings mm. uh, because of it. I thought this was a really, really great 
one of those great preludes that makes you really happy that a character reached his potential by the Absolutely. end of a series. And um, look, I, I loved Secret Weapons. It was one of my one of my favorite books of last year. And uh, getting these little one shots. Um, apparently, apparently, this is the last one. However, I looked on Eric Heiser's Twitter today, and he, he's hoping to do one last one. Cool. Um, but this was just a treat. It looked great. The art was great. The storytelling methods were really, really cool and unique. And um, even if I feel like if I hadn't read Secret Weapons, I still would have really enjoyed this as a one shot. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is one of my one of my favorites of, the, of, of of this week too. Yeah, absolutely. It was really like I like that he is um, trying out really different storytelling techniques, and like I like that he in all the back matter he always goes through um, his process and stuff. I think that's really interesting and um, good fun, and I really like the world that he's created. I like the characters. I think it's something really cool. Yeah. This is awesome. Um, and I think if, if, if you ask me to pick my favorite, like, five books from this week or whatever, they'd probably all be number ones or, or yeah. zeros. Lots of great starts. And I guess this one doesn't really count. This is almost like a final chapter of a great series. But mm. we're going to talk about it at the beginning. It's really good. Secret Weapons is great. Hopefully, they collect all this stuff together so you yeah. can read the Ultimate Edition one day. That would be great. But uh, if, if not, just pick up the zero issue. It's really great. Um, Siobhan, did you read Sea of Thieves, number sure one? Did. Um, this is written by Jeremy Whitley um, with art by Raoul Marcellius. Um, and is the story of, sorry, Colors by Sakti Yuono, um, Letters by Jaka Aidi. Um, and this is a story about a uh, two ragtag group of uh, thrown together pirate teams mm-hmm. and the quest to find a map before the other one does. And I guess the map will lead them to treasure. Yep. And uh, they basically, they, but this is the, the, the lead up to them uh, sailing out on their respective ships into the Sea of Thieves, mm-hmm. which is where both parties find themselves at the end of this issue. But this issue is all about. Uh, guess, I guess the teams kind of falling apart and then new ones forming out of those teams mm-hmm. and uh, an, an explanation of what all the characters are like and what their strengths and weaknesses are as pirates. It was good fun. This was like a get in the band together. Guess Pirate what? Team. Guess what, Siobhan? You didn't like it. No, you got oh. swindled. Oh, this fine. is a video game tie-in comic. No! <laughs> oh, my God. See if these is a new um, new game coming out on the Xbox like in a week from now. Boo! About- <laughs> I hate it now. But uh, I, I, it was written by Jeremy Whitley, who did gave us the Unstoppable Wasp. Oh, well, there you go. Um, last year, um, which you quite enjoyed. Yeah, hated um, at the beginning, loved by the end. I, I dropped it because you hated it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought for a, for a video game tie-in, for a video game tie-in, this is fucking incredible. Yeah, they should win an award. I, and I think a, a lot of that comes from the fact that the, that Sea of Thieves is like a. Um, uh, kind of like a games as service online game that doesn't really have a story. Okay, right, right. So Whitley was just able to just kind of make up a story with it. Like, you know, the whole thing is just about a bunch of different pirates coming together and trying to get treasure. Which is cool as hell. Yeah. Um, and there's some really, really fun and unique characters in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roald Marcellius's art is uh, is really fun and vibrant and uh, he's able to convey all these different characters in a really memorable and different way so mm-hmm. you know who um, these eight main characters are without getting them confused because they're all pirates. Good. Good. Yeah, really, really strong. Number one. I was not expecting this to be good at all. Came out through Titan Comics, um, and uh, in fact, Microsoft is even Microsoft Studios and Rare are both listed as uh, in, in the publisher information oh, too. So I should have noticed. All the signs are there. Damn it. The only sign that wasn't there was that this comic didn't suck. So how yeah. were you to know that it wasn't a video game tie-in? Um, I've got one more number one left. I have two. You didn't you read the new mid. Oh, damn it! No, I was really looking that. forward to that. No, you're hilarious. I blame Scott Sheens from nice. Kings for not putting it in my pile. Because he is not here. Also, he's the friendliest person. And if it wasn't him, he wouldn't be upset at me. Yeah. 
you want to talk about that one quickly? Um, okay, yeah, I'll talk about uh, New Mutants Dead Souls, issue number one, written by uh, Matt Rosenberg of um, Four Kids Walking to a Bank and many, many, many Marvel Comics fame, um, with art by Adam Gorham, who I don't actually know, and colors by Michael Garland. So this is the team of, it's got Magic, Richter, Wolfsbane, Strong Guy, and Boom Boom. So a lot of um, a lot of classic New Mutants characters. Yeah, and who who I know better through uh, X Factor. Yes, like Richter and, and Strong Guy. Yeah. Um, and so this is this sees them go to a small town and there's zombies. So it's almost like a horror a horror book. Yeah, it is kind of like a horror book because that's what the uh, the New Mutants movie, which Fox are putting out, uh, is going to be. So this is like a somewhat of a tie into that thematically, but I doubt it's the same roster of characters. Right. Okay. Um, and then the the team is being led by um, the Hatchie Corporation. They're being funded by the Hatchie Corp- Corporation, who I don't know anything about them, but they are currently run by Karma, um, who was a former New Mutant. And this I, I did enjoy mostly. Um, deals with some fairly like familiar horror tropes and like zombie cliches. Um, but I sort of there's something I almost like just such a hater but i think because i read so many matthew rosenberg comics now i'm like ah i kind of now feel like i know what i expect from his comics and there's a certain um all the characters are a little bit hectically quippy and like not necessarily like they have been in the past and i'm not like the kind of person who's like oh characters have to stay exactly as they are forever because of continuity blah 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 but it just there's some stuff in this that feels quite sort of I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've seen it before from Rosenberg. Sure. Uh, yeah, for me, like, I have not obviously not read this one yet, but, like, I I would be very, very, like, it's really surprising to me that the same writer who gave us Four Kids Walking to a Bank and that brilliant um, Kingpin tie-in for mm. Civil War mm-hmm, II last mm-hmm. two years ago, it was the same guy that wrote that Phoenix Rising event. Yeah. Was it called Phoenix Rising? Phoenix, whatever the fuck Resurrection. it was. Resurrection. Phoenix Resurrection. Um, and I wonder if, did, did, did you get a similar, is it more like the latter or is it... No, it's probably more like, um, I mean, it's definitely not like Kingpin. Is it like the Archie's comic in which they hang out with Tegan <laughs> and Sarah and Blondie? <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Um, weirdly, they've given magic, like, uh, um, she looks like the chick from, what's that, those weird South African white rappers? Ch- Chappie? <laughs> yeah, from Chappie. From Chappie, the guys from Chappie. D- Diane Antwood. Yeah, Diane yeah. Antwood. She looks D-Antwood? like uh, the chick from Diane Antwood. Um and like it's cool, I like boom boom, but it's all very. I wish I, I wish I could probably put into words. But as we know, you don't have words. I today. don't have words today. I'm Next sorry, week, but it's maybe. also got Prodigy, Prodigy in it. You remember Prodigy from the band? Yep, it's got the Prodigy. Or in the it. rapper, the dead rapper. Oh, they do like there's um there's references to like pop culture in this as well, which I always hate. Yeah. Um, reference Dazzler or nothing at all. <laughs> um, no, you remember Prodigy? He was in that team with all of the queer kids. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, anyway. I'm just saying yes, I don't know. It's medium good. I don't heaps like the colors. I quite like the story. I'll probably keep reading it. Is okay, that cool. a good review? Great review. I'll steal it. I'll steal this from you and, and, uh, and, uh, and see if I agree with you. At some point, Magic says, let's do the big superhero thing, and that makes me, like, annoyed. Magic is one of those characters that Has doesn't... Has no personality? Yeah. Other than being, like, a beautiful little sister, and then also a scary magic lady. Like, she... She's at her best when she's conversing with Peter. Piotr. Piotr. Isn't, isn't that pronounced by <laughs> yes, Peter? It is. Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I love that you didn't do that when we reviewed a comic that was 
drawn yeah, by yeah, someone no. whose name is Piotr. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I find they have the creepiest relationship in all of comics. Right, because they're always like he's always like my little snowflake. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Yeah, she was really. I think uh, Bendis ruined uh, magic for me as well because oh, yeah? he wrote her, he, he wrote her really badly in um, his Uncanny X Men run. Right. Okay. I M O. Uh, final number one we're going to talk about in this episode is uh, the is Betrothed number one through Aftershock Comics, um, written by Sean Lewis with uh, art by Steve Uwe, Uwe, mm-hmm. um and letters by Simon Boland, um, and I made it. Five pages in this comic. The first five pages in- involve um, a, after being like randomly touched by a new kid at school, a girl just straight up punches his tooth out because yeah. of some weird thing that she sees when he touches him. And then um, after like conversing with other different students, they they storm. He storms back to her, and they think they're going to fight again, but instead they make out. And I was like, yeah. "This is intriguing. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen now." And then. Suddenly, we get narration as like some weird kind of generic, you know, shit happening in space is on on the page, and then we hear the narration: "Good, the children have met each other. I, good friends, am Dervish the Seer, and this is Priam." <laughs> We Priams were invaded from a tear in the sky. The futuristic people of Noam came to take the quartz formed in our mountains to power the. And I was just like, "Fuck you!" Look, it sounds dumb if you say it like that. You obviously didn't read much teen YA fantasy as a as a YA. I just yeah, you know my I I, I my spine like just straightened. I don't know something. Yeah, my spine. Your spine. My hair, my hair, the hair on my back stands on end. Is that a horrible thing that happened? I don't. I, don't know. Know. I just like ugh. Like I, I depends how much hair you have on your back. I guess it's a lot. I like to win this guy. <laughs> But oh, this this issue totally won me over when a guy was like, "She's the nicest person in our school." You must have done something. Yeah. Was it S-E-X? And the guy's like, no, I just tapped her on the shoulder. And he goes, did you do it with your D-I-C-K? Yeah, it, it, that happened well before Dervish the Seer showed up. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, look, this has like some pretty dorky... Um, reminds me of Eternal Empire-ish a little bit of like, ah, two people who are destined to be together because of magic from a different realm. Blah. Yeah, but the way that... Like, the, the, the magic in, the, in Eternal Empire isn't as goofy as this like this is yeah, like this was heaps goofy this is like like power rangers level goofy yeah yeah it was and like we see like these like warriors attack through like a, a waterfall of light yep yeah and then there are like sort of big big monster bros like big kind of furry looking guys in loincloths who are like half we're selling dog. this comic to so many people Look, right now by the way. i liked it <laughs> okay. this is the one number one that i didn't like but not because it was bad just because it wasn't for me although the first five pages were yeah. I'm all for you like. You just don't like goofy magic shit. Yeah, I, is I'm, that accurate? Fantasy and magic, especially when they're together, <laughs> I'm just like, oh boy. <laughs> it's my favorite shit. Um, so this was like, this was heaps goofy, goofy, but really, really appealed to me. Um, so I, the, I, I enjoyed the, it, I and the, I like Sean Lewis. Yeah, I thought the art was was very strong. Mm. Um, you know, quite uh, cartoony, an, an, anime in particular. Absolutely. Yeah. I um, mean, Sean Lewis is the guy. Uh, he did an image comic a lot. Uh, the few. The few, yeah, which you also didn't like, and I did. Yeah, so. but this was different to the few. It was a lot easier to read until fucking Der- Derwish, what's his name? <laughs> He's going to show up. Dervish the Seer. It's a good name. Dervish, why, why don't you name your kid Dervish? You love it so much. 
Will. That's <laughs> the end of that's the end of, name. <laughs> the end of uh, first things first. Um, me and uh, Derwish's mum are now going to review uh, the rest of the comics that came out through Image, Marvel, DC, and other. Uh, and we're going to do so by rolling the dice, which is uh, lovingly given to us by Brad Love. Brad Love. Um, and uh, I'm going to roll the dice first. And uh, first, I rolled Marvel. And then I'm going to roll it again, and it's DC. So Marvel and DC, the image is the way we're going to do this. Uh, I should point out that um, I didn't pick up my comics until yesterday. Yeah, Levin's read like all these comics this morning. Um, yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I opened my first comic book at, at about nine nine fifteen this morning, and I managed to read thirty of them. Pretty it's very impressive. Pretty good effort. Um, and so we're going to review Marvel first. Great. Um, and I read six of those. Nice. Um, what do we want to talk about first? Maybe the fate of the four. Yes. Um, I'm bummed we didn't get to talk about uh, DC first because I just want to make Bendis' coming jokes for the rest of the episode. Uh, did you? I already talked about this with Jim last week, yeah, but yeah. I find it consistently confronting, especially it, because Superman does not have a dick in those pictures. <laughs> uh, more on this. Uh, I've, got, <laughs> I've got a lot to say on this subject. Excellent. So look I would like to, to point DC. out that the thing has a dick on this cover. Hell yeah, Give he does. Give Superman a dick, please. Give Superman the thing's dick. <laughs> What do you reckon, what do you reckon uh, Derwish the Seer is packing down there? Just one big eye. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Marvel 2-in-1, issue number four, The Thing and the Human Torch, as written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Valerio Shitty and um, uh, Frank Martin on colours. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, like uh, Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm uh, trying to find the rest of their fantastic family mm-hmm. um, with the help of uh, a, a woman who helps uh, she's like a scientist lady magical scientist lady who uh like helps people with their magical um not magical superpowers superpowers for cash sweet cash um so we kind of don't really know her motivations we see that she's trying she's well she's trying to help someone that she loves uh in the first page who is in a coma so so that's her motivation she's going to try and try and do whatever she can to help fix someone that she loves um but uh she helps uh the fantastic two um, find the fantastic rest of them um, <laughs> by uh, using a device that Reed left um, Ben to uh, to basically travel the multiverse. And so they go to another uh, universe in which um, uh, Reed Richards is the only surviving member of this Fantastic Four mm-hmm. that we know of um, because when Galactus came, Galactus incinerated the, the thing immediately mm-hmm. and... Um, Basically, that drove Reed Richards mad, among other things, because it was Doom of all people who um, who conquered Galactus. Mm. Um, but we also meet uh, the Wolverine and She Hulk of uh, of this of this universe, who are working and with Beast. Shield and Beast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, this is just a classic. You know, let's travel to another universe and meet, yeah. meet other versions of our favorite characters. Um, written really well by Chip, who's just doing a masterful job of balancing his funny side and his heart side. Absolutely. This had one of my, like, this really made me laugh, the bit where Wolverine says, you wouldn't believe how often I have to say this, but sorry I stabbed you. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh. And uh, this is just, you know, like, I love that this series, obviously we know it's going to end with them finally being reunited with with Reed and Sue. And I I hope hope so. I hope then, you know, we just got the news that Zdarsky has signed an exclusive contract as a writer for Mm -hmm. Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um, And Marvel need all the good news that they can get at the Mm -hmm. moment uh, in terms of uh, creative signings. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it's it's safe of us to to assume that Zdarsky is going to be doing the Fantastic Four series once this is done. I hope so. I think he's a really good call. 
And it's really great that we're getting this like long road to get there. I love when comics take their time with things instead of just like, you know, hey, guess what? I'm Martian Manhunter in the last episode of, in the last issue of Dark Dark Metal. I haven't Metal. seen you in ages. Yeah, I was so stupid. <laughs> he deserves better than that. But um, Absolutely. it's fun for them to be telling this long story to, to you know, return their, their first family. Yeah. And as much as it would have been great to see um, Jim Chung do the whole series, mm. obviously that was never going to happen. And um, is it uh, Skitty? Shitty? I never yeah. know. Yeah. Let us anyway, know. Anyway, he does a really great job. It's, if, if a listener could tweet Valerio Skitty or Shitty um, and ask how to pronounce their name too for us, that would be yeah. really cool. That would be cool. We don't ask for much, guys. No. Just, just use, just use our code. Our work. Use our code on the Wolverine podcast and find out how to pronounce people's <laughs> names and also support us on Patreon. Yes, please. Um, one thing I have to say about this, and this is relevant to all Marvel comics, is that ad for Domino is horrifically bad. <laughs> and I feel like I am so excited about Gail Simone writing this book and I think she's going to do an incredible job and I think that getting Greg Land to do the covers is one of the worst ideas that Marvel have had in a really fucking long time. I mean, that's are you his. sure you want to say that's their worst idea they've had? Until <laughs> it's the worst thing they've done in years. <laughs> it's the worst thing they've done since uh, signing up to uh, make that gun comic. Yeah, that's which true. Which never came out. Thank goodness. But that's this is the worst cover I've seen in a mainstream comic in a really long time. George agrees with me. It's, it's hideous. It's not as bad as Bendis is coming. More on that later. True. <laughs> um, so uh, let's move over to Despicable Deadpool number 296. Mm-hmm. Um, again, another one that um, really well manages the uh, the line between funny and fucking heart-wrenching yeah. in this one. Uh, this is uh, We learned that uh, Jerry Duggan is coming to an end on his Deadpool run, which he's been doing since the all-new, all-different Marvel wow. launch. So that's like coming up on like six years or something. Yeah, now. that's an impressive run. Um, so this is written by Duggan with art by Matteo Lolli and colors by Ruth Redmond. And um, in this one, we see Deadpool come face-to-face with the man that he basically... Thinks he's responsible for all of his recent most misfortunes, and that mm-hmm. is none other than Steve Rogers, Captain America, who gave him the kill order when he was evil Captain America during the Secret Empire run uh, to kill Steve Coulson, mm-hmm. and, which is exactly what Deadpool did during is Secret Coulson's Empire. Name Steve? No, Phil Coulson. <laughs> Everyone's Steve. Um, you know, that one time when I was in high school, um, mm. I was like year eleven, and I was in a a, a, a local p- play. Was it, like, it was like an hour away from my house. And on the final night, I drank four UDLs. Oh my God. Which are like... Um, like, like the, the worst. Like, it's like an alcoholic can, like a pop... I don't know what the fuck you would call it outside of Australia. But yeah. it's, it was like... It's like a pre-mixed alcoholic soda. Yeah. It was like alcohol and passion fruit soda. And like... And the, but like the worst quality. So bad for you. And it wasn't even... If, if the vodka didn't make you throw up, the intake of sugar definitely would. Yeah. And if you drank four of them... As a, as a 16 year old. So I drank four of them. Incredible. Um, and uh, I, teen I came home at like 1 30, going mm-hmm. like, fuck yeah, my parents are going to be asleep. I'll just pass out. I'll be fine. Nice. My parents had a dinner party that night and it was Incredible. still going. Incredible. I came home drunk as hell, oh thinking, God. okay, I, can, I got this. I'll be fine. No one will know I'm drunk. Um, I, 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 I woke up the next morning. I knew that my parents had caught me throwing up in the bathroom, um, so it was a dead giveaway. But, mm-hmm. but, but then you're far before that because um, I apparently called every one of the male guests at their, di- <laughs> at their dinner party, Steve. <laughs> hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. How are you going? Hey, nice to see you, Steve. How have you been? <laughs> That's really good. So, Did uh, you get in heaps of trouble? Uh, no. I, I, I just, uh, my, my parents were with me on this holiday I just took. It was like my entire family and my mm-hmm. kid and my sisters, my kids, my wife, we're all there. 
Oh, lovely. Um, so they've forgiven you for the Steve. And well, no, we were, we were, while driving, I, 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 did, I did all the driving on the holiday too. And while driving, we did that kind of classic, like, you know, seven of us in the car. Um, you know, who, who is the heart, who, who, who's the easiest, like, kid, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I'm like, I definitely am now. And then they're like, not when you were a teenager, though. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think I made, I made the, my sister's lives easy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because I just broke every rule that you're not meant to break when yeah, you're a teen. That is useful. Teen drinking. It's fun. It's a... <laughs> It's an Australian tradition. If anyone uh, from Teen Drinking wants to get in, get in touch with the podcast and become our sponsor, absolutely, I'd be open to it. Absolutely. Um, so, Despicable Deadpool is the comic that I'm apparently talking about right now. Um, but <laughs> this sees uh, Deadpool go head to head with Captain America, and um, it's really great. You know, there's, yeah. there's a whole bunch of that classic, you know, superhero troupe of them talking while fighting, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we kind of see that this is this is Deadpool at his wits end. The la- you know, his the last strand of of good in him is 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 being pulled mm-hmm. and um he basically gives uh cap an ultimatum like you know this is, he he's, gives him one thing that will that'll that'll make him surrender um and if he doesn't do it he never will and i like the the sort of deadpool consistently setting him up to look bad on oh, like so <laughs> in great. front of people it was really funny and really clever yeah cap trying to be classic high and mighty you know all american and then like you know stabbing deadpool in front of a bunch of like children and then punching out yeah. a, a guy that Deadpool put his mask on brilliant really good um yeah I love this run it's yeah, great it's, it's really be, great um, the art's really fun I can't remember who has been announced as the next the next person to take over but they've got some big shoes to fill that's absolutely, for absolutely sure. because he has giant feet Jerry Duggan yeah no I don't know what size 17 mm. um let's talk about Doctor Strange Let's do it. 387 is the number of uh, the uh, issue that we read this week. Uh, a number that will mean not anything at all a couple of weeks from now because Marvel are going back to number one again, making this whole weird legacy numbering experiment just completely stupid and uh, up there with uh, their many bad decisions from, <laughs> from recent times. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Strange, uh, written by Donny Cates with um, art by Nico Henrichon. Um, and uh, these 
issues kind of tie into the damnation event that's happening right now. They kind of happen concurrently to the damnation event, which is which now is mental. Well, I mean, kind of makes sense now because now we know that the, the the damnation event was kind of set up by Doctor Strange, but now it's less about him and more about these what are they called? The writers or something. It's basically like uh, Wong has assembled. We, we now know why he assembled like Man Thing and Blade and Moon Knight and Iron Fist is because they're all either dead or damned. Mm. and um, So they can't get any more dead or damned. So Mephisto won't be able to turn them into Ghost Riders, which is what he's done to the, all the Avengers that have come along with Stephen Strange to uh, help bring back Las Vegas. Mm. I think if you're not reading this book, our description of it must just sound fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, it's really complicated, actually. <laughs> but I actually really enjoy these... Um, these uh these issues that run mm. concurrently to the damnation issues, which I'm also enjoying, but I think I like these a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Kate's is a really really great way of going in, you know, of doing Stephen Strange's voice, and and he's able to convey like you know how much of a fuck up Strange constantly is mm-hmm. while still making him likable. I don't want Wade to take over the Doctor Strange. I think Kate should be given this character for a long time, but it's clear that Marvel have probably very big plans for a writer like Kate. So yeah. Let's hope so. Maybe he'll be who they give Spider-Man to or something. I don't know. Oh, no, Nick Spencer's doing that, isn't he? With, oh, good. With Ryan Otley on, on art. Oh, good. <laughs> Look, I like Ryan Otley, but yeah. that sounds like a terrible fucking call, guys. <laughs> hey, we're liking uh, Nick Spencer's uh, Damnation stuff at the moment, right? Yeah, only because he's co-writing it with yeah, someone else. That's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Prepare this issue. for the most annoying Mary Jane of all time. Mary Jane's an Iron Man call. character now, though. So okay. it means that Dan Slott's just going to keep writing it. Oh, that's all right, then. <laughs> Um, so I sort of I like this, but I also simultaneously really don't care, and I feel like it's the kind of series that I could just forget about reading and then never read again. Right, I like those books where it's just like <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't blow your just, mind, but it's, just, yeah, it's not shit. I, I, they're, they're kind of like the books that I look forward to the most doing mm, this podcast. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I would like to read like a big stack of really middling superhero comics before I read anything good. <laughs> um, so I have to do, do shout out um, the true MVP of these uh, issues, and that is the uh, covers by Mike Del Mondo. Oof, yes. I think he's my favorite cover artist. He's incredible. Um, and the, the next one. The next Doctor Strange cover is my favorite yet. Yeah. God, that's so good. He's having a lot of fun with, like, the Vegas thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, tying into this event this week is, uh, for some reason, uh, the Scarlet Spider. Because he ben lives Ra- in Vegas. Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider. This is the only reason why this character, who has nothing to do with all this magic shit, uh, is tying into this event. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. What the hell? I hated the first issue. Why wouldn't I hate the 15th? <laughs> um, written by Peter David with art by Will Sliney and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Um this sees like Ben Riley doing whatever bullshit he's been doing in this series ongoing up to now, and then suddenly he has to save like a local gun shop owner from being attacked by a demon in like a diner uniform. Cool. And uh, it sees him being given a bunch of guns and artillery so he can help the um, everyone else in the damnation event. This was entirely not necessary for me to read, but um, as we mentioned earlier, sometimes reading a bunch of middling superhero comics is a lot of fun. Siobhan, I didn't read a bunch of Marvel books this week, but you okay. did. Um, why don't you fill in the gaps uh, until we get to Wolverine? Um, okay, I read The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, written by Ryan North, with art by the incredible, incomparable Erica Henderson, who will a- soon be leaving oh the book, God. which is sad, it's but a- I'm, I'm so excited to see whatever she does next. And also, like, how many issues has she done? Like, Because yeah. before this, there was, like, 
like ten or something, mm-hmm. and now we get that she's on. So she's on like like forty over forty issues. Of Plus graphic Girl. novels, and the, and those are incredible graphic novel, yeah, mm-hmm. um, with and, colors by Rika Renzi. Also, sorry. And this is a cop out because I've done it so many times, but I just don't read Squirrel Girl when I have too many comics to read because I know that I will just be like, this was the best. Yeah, it always is the best. It's like again, I will just say. It's the best. And Erica Henderson has so much fun with doing like crazy alien designs in this. Like there's a cool lady who looks like one of those hairless cats, but she's in like a cool outfit. It's bizarre to me that she is one of the most polarizing artists working in comics today. Like she has so many haters. This book has so many haters in a way that I just fundamentally don't understand. I think it's so like charming and funny and inclusive and wonderful. I think for the most part, the haters have not read a fucking minute of it. Yeah. like Or they just love like... I think one of the things that always stands out to me in this book is how, and it's like, it's very obvious. They're very like clear about it, but um, she doesn't solve problems by punching things. And a lot of the time when she does solve problems by punching things, it makes it worse. And she has to go in and be like a mediator and a communicator. And that's her real power. And I love that because I think so often with superhero comics, the whole like punch a problem until it stops is feels increasingly Un- unrealistic and un like it doesn't make sense in this world anymore. Yep. And so having a character who is a superhero who has crazy powers but also solves problems by talking to people is like borderline revolutionary. Definitely. I think and it's it, amazing. It also helps that it's the funniest book on the stands. Yeah. It is hilarious yep. and gorgeously illustrated with like the most perfect combination of writer and artist who just get each other's sense of humor so much and there's so many visual gags and it works so well. And Erica Henderson does some of the best... <laughs> character designs and like costume designs of anyone out there I think this had so much like these really gorgeous like high fashion space costumes for Squirrel Girl and Nancy and I just loved it I Um, just love it guys this is the finale of the Forbidden Planet um, arc yep okay looking forward to it this is is basically their first big cosmic story Um, and uh, it it involved Silver Surfer and Beta Ray Bill yeah Drax Cosmo Galactus Galactus it was super fun so fun, guys. I look forward to reading this on the train home. Good. Um, I then read a couple of X-Men books. I read Astonishing X-Men, issue 9 by Charles Soule, with art by someone, Bufagni. Bufagni? Okay. That's definitely how you pronounce that. I'm trying to find their first name. So every issue of this has a new artist on it. Um, and this is the sort of weird team of like... It's Old Man Logan and Psylocke and... They're just on the cover. You can just turn to the cover and see who you can see on the cover. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Mystique and Gambit and Rogue and Bishop and this, like, new Professor X character who just calls himself X. And he's he's Phantom X. Taking over Phantom X's body. Um, And they discover in this issue that he may have taken over Professor Phantom X's body, but he did not get Phantom X's healing power, as is evidenced when uh, Old Man Logan stabs him. Uh-oh. Because he is full of bad guys. I don't know. This is quite confusing. It's got, like, Proteus. Yeah, it's, this went off the rails a bit, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It was quite a straightforward X-Book. And I think the whole point of it is just to, like, bring back Professor X. But let let Professor X stay dead. No one needs him. He's not good anymore. He's a really, like, weird character who, you did- know, has been set up to... Be, be a like bad a guy, almost. Creepy yeah. pervert and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> is I he a pervert? Think, yeah. Well, I mean, Grant Morrison made it canon that he like wanted to fuck Jean Grey when she was a teenager. So, all right. Yes, Go canonically, Grant. creepy pervert. So Cyclops With is crazy right. Crazy eyebrows. <laughs> um. So I don't know. This is like 
not that compelling. And because of the the art team changes so frequently, I find it such a like issue to issue. I love or hate um, this book, and I just it, I find that too confusing. So I'd rather not. Yeah, well, I mean, X Men Red, the Tom Taylor book, um, mm. just gave me everything that I wanted out of an X book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I'd rather just make that the X book that I keep up with. Yeah, but you know what was surprisingly good was uh, the Cullen Bunn written X Men Blue, um, mostly because it has art by George Molina, who I love because he's a sort of Coipel uh, esque, Jim Chungy sort of cute, mm. gorgeous, straight up superhero comics, um, and I enjoy it. And this has. The, the least annoying version of Polaris that I've ever read on a team run by her maybe dad, Magneto, plus uh, <laughs> Bloodstorm, the alternate universe teen Storm, who's also a vampire, and the teen um, Wolverine from an alternate universe, Jimmy. Yeah. And they're um, going up against... Um, like it's real classic X-Men stuff. So there's like ultra realistic, like new version Sentinels and... The, the guy who created the Sentinels is now working with Havoc and Emma Frost to turn the X-Gene on for, like, more people. And right. so, like, they're, they're planning to make, like, 80% of the population mutants and then by the end of a year, everyone's going to be a mutant and it'll just be a mutant world. Um, it's kind of like, it's an interesting idea. It's got Zorn in it. It's got a whole lot of weird X-Men um, sort of history and Yeah, lore. this sounds great. Why am I reading this one? Yeah, this was a really fun issue. It had Sebastian Shaw in it. It had Magneto. It had this weird Japanese team of people who were trained by Patch Wolverine when Wait. he was... Uh, so guy with a patch in Japan. Were, were any are, are any of the the time displaced X Men even in this? No, 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 no. They're like gone now. They're what? like lost in history now. What? Yeah. When did that happen? A couple of issues ago. Fuck. I don't read this consistently, so I don't know. But they're that, gone. That's bonkers. Yeah, it's so bonkers. They're gone. Okay. Yeah, but All it's been right. fun. And then so he just has like an entirely new creative, sorry, entirely new roster. Yeah. Even though there are faces that are on the cover still. Yeah, I know. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> but it's like a it's a pretty good fun issue. Well, they're all missing. Yeah. Except for Jimmy Hunt. Oh, that's so bizarre. X-Men books are weird as shit. X-Men books are weird as shit, everyone. Um, you didn't read Wolverine this week? No, I did. I just uh, forgot the issue. Uh, issue number 32 of All New Wolverine, um, which we have learned uh, is this, this creative team is uh, is coming off it for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, just the writer. Tom Taylor is uh, has been writing um, Wolverine since Laura took over as Wolverine. Um, has been doing an incredible job um, introducing Absolutely. lots of great characters, including Gabby and Jonathan. Um, and uh, he's still writing both of them mm-hmm. in X-Men Red, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I think, a very good book already. Um, but issue 32, um, written by um, Jibril, sorry, uh, written by Tom Taylor with art by Jibril um, Morissette fan, colors by Nolan Wooded. Um, this is a, a one shot, I guess, um, where following the, the story about the orphans of X, mm-hmm. where um, basically everyone who had been orphaned mm-hmm. uh, due to the, the, the actions of, of Various X Men, yeah, basically Wolverines. So um, in this one, we see a, a, a girl who is now grown up to be a woman, but when she was a girl, her father was killed by X twenty three, who was you know under the a mission from the evil people that created her. Mm-hmm. Um, and her father was called Ryan Griffin, who was named after clever man creator Ryan Griffin, who we interviewed on the podcast. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I that's so Tom cool. Taylor about it. He was oh, like, that's so good. yes. That's so great. <laughs> oh man, Ryan must be stoked. R.I.P. 616, Ryan Griffin. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is like a kind of like revenge story, but um, instead of um, the girl seeking revenge on X-23, um, she teams up with X-23 to seek revenge on the people that made X-23 do what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I found it really, really satisfying and Absolutely. a great read. 
really, really fun, really like one and done issue. You know, obviously it helped if you had read the stuff that came before it, but um, lot to enjoy about this issue. Really yeah. gorgeously illustrated, great colors, really good, fun, satisfying ending. I think Tom Taylor has such a good grasp of these characters. 100%. Um, and uh, I think it's um, uh, Mariko Tamaki is taking over as the writer of, um, of of Laura. She's now going back to being called X-23, though. Okay. Because, um, because obviously Wolverine, Wolverine is back. back. He's finished um, driving his beer truck around. <laughs> Um, and uh, but Juan Cabal, who who did uh, the last few issues of this series, is sticking around as artist, which yes, is very good news. So it's in good hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Tamaki for the most part, mm-hmm. and um, Tom Taylor's still writing the characters. So I think this is the best of all worlds. Absolutely, this is great. Um, yeah, good on you, issue thirty-two of All New Wolverine for being good. Excellent. Now guess what, Shimon? Bendis is coming. Oh, oh Bendis no. is coming. <laughs> Every that's issue weird. of DC. That's what Bendis. That's what he says. Oh no, <laughs> no! Every, he's been very unwell, and he's supposed to be a nice man. Yeah, he hasn't been unwell in the dick region, so he can still do what this comic says he's going to do mid-issue every single time. It's incredibly. I feel like they've intentionally placed each ad in a place where it is like the most like destructive to story yes. continuity and like reading. It is so confronting every time. So what we're talking I about? Hate it. Is a big double-page spread. Um, which is a big white background, mm-hmm. Superman standing with his a really dickless crotch sticking out. Really terrible Jim Lee <laughs> Superman. And then in huge letters, we have Bendis written in the su- Superman font. Mm-hmm. And then beneath that is coming. And then just white space underneath I it. I don't understand who okayed this. What is going on, DC? What is wrong with you? You're, you're advertising. Like the people who choose the placements and the, like advertising stuff for DC must have brain problems. In Mr. Miracle this week, it was probably the worst moment. Yeah. It showed, I was just like, what the fuck? Who okayed this? And like, you're like, oh man, really invested in this story. Oh no. What's going to happen to Bendis is coming. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. And you know, I have like, there's this weird thing where people, I saw an argument recently online, and I can't remember where, I'm sorry, but people saying like, oh, it's like too confronting for kids to have um, like male superheroes have packages. And I think that's like Wrong and weird because men have penises and that's not bad. They, they what? <laughs> it's not bad. You know like, who has a penis, Siobhan? Who has a penis? Bendis is coming. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Terrible. I don't like it. Um, can someone do the art of Bendis is coming but put Bendis' head like biting his bottom lip? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Over Superman's body, please. Or being like, we don't ask for much in this fucking- out of Out of Superman's dickless yeah, crotch? That's, Great. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Um, Hey, let's talk about Detective Comics, issue number 976. Yeah. Featuring my favorite cover of the week. Yeah. God, I love this cover. Um, It really pleases me a lot. So it's in the Batcave, and we have um, uh, in the the background uh, Tim Drake, Robin, saying, I trusted you, Batman, never again. And he's walking sassily up some stairs, holding his bow staff. And then we see Batman in the forefront with this, like, hilarious scowl, which is just so bratty. (laughs) These stupid kids. I'm just trying to cause fear to criminals. Oh, there are days and there are days. <laughs> <laughs> Proper dad Batman. <laughs> Bat dad. Um, so yeah, Detective Comics uh, this week um, is still the fallout from the death of Clayface. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, the, the, the team has been split in two. We have um, Batwoman leading um, uh, Azrael and... Um, What's his name? I don't know. Lucius Fox's son. Son. Bat. 
wing. Batwing, yes. Um, and working with her father, so the like colony. A, a military kind of run bat mm-hmm, team. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, we have uh, the the other guys still in Gotham um, arguing over what to do now. And mm. and Batman wants to disband them. And um, Tim Drake is really angry. And I loved just like you know that that great mm-hmm. moment. Like Batman is their dad. Yeah. And they they back chat him. Mm-hmm. He tries to put his foot down, and they outsmart him every time. And, mm-hmm. and so he Batman tries to lock Tim Drake in the Batcave so he can you know deal with his emotions. Mm-hmm. And then uh, of course Tim Drake knows the Batcave better than Batman himself, so he does an override code mm-hmm. and 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 gets out. I just gets out that. on his little bat bike. That was a great Bang. moment. Um, looks like we're going to have a lot of stuff focused. Fucking hell. I just <laughs> Bendis is coming. I just opened it to up to a random page, and of course it was the page of Bendis is jizzing. God, it's terrible. It's really bad, guys. Like, there's never been a better argument for digital comics than that one ad. I want. I'm like in Mister Miracle. I'm like I might have to stop reading this and skip and <laughs> wait for trade. It is very intrusive, um, and we all know Bendis is coming. We all know it's happening, guys. Yeah, we really We've talked about it a lot. <laughs> Don't need to put it in every First, issue. DC gave you the greatest superhero scenes of all time. Then Bendis is coming. Um, so yeah, Detective Comics is pretty good this week. Yeah, it was good. I like the um, potential for Tim Drake to be teaming up with this like this shitty little kid, Ulysses Hadrian. I think that's like a fun, yeah, definitely. horrible potential. The brats. Yeah, and I <laughs> yes, Brat and I man. like um, I like the like continued attention on Cassandra Cain's like fragile mental state the mm. fact that everyone was like she was living in an abandoned theater that's not helpful guys not healthy i mean anyway it's great so the next comic i want to review is uh the wild storm michael cray oh, and, yeah. which is a weird choice to go straight from batman to this but stick with me if you want okay all right this is written by um oh wait no i fucked it up wait no and St- yeah in and Stephen harris and i think he's he's the next it. No, wait, who's this written by? It's written by Brian Hill. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. I fucked it up. You fucked it up. But I'm right here. It's written by Brian Hill um, with with Warren Ellis. But Brian Hill has been recently announced as the new writer on Detective Comics once (laughs) James Tinney and the Fourth leaves that book. Cool. Um, And it's really, really great um, because he's going to do immediately, it's uh, Black Lightning and and Batman teaming up in Detective. Yes, please. Real fun. Um, So Brian Hill writes his book with Warren Ellis. Uh, Art is by N. Stephen Harris. Breakdowns also by Larry Hammer. A lot of people involved in this book. Yeah, that's a great team. Um, and uh, inks by De- Dexter Vines, colors by Diablo Kelly. Um, so this book is about Michael Cray of the Wildstorm universe fame, uh, coming to terms with his weird uh, making everything melt uh, power mm-hmm, set mm-hmm. Um, and being sent to take down various monsters in his universe. And uh, all these monsters are different versions of DC characters. So mm-hmm. in this one, he takes down a uh, just straight up monster version of Aquaman mm-hmm. and while this is happening, we are, are being introduced to the next person that he needs to uh, not track down to kill, but track down to seek help from. Um, and it is a very evil ball version of uh, John Constantine. Yeah. The Hellblazer. John um, Constantine, PhD, physicist, psychologist, occultist, intelligent psychopath is how he is described. And he looks kind of like Bendis. Yeah. <laughs> is he coming? <laughs> um, so uh, this, uh, this, Hilariously, this version of Constantine, who is being made to be like a, a psychopath murderer, is the most in line with Vertigo Hellblazer. Totally. Uh, a, a Constantine character has been since New 52 started. He actually says bollocks. Yeah. 
And he's, and he smokes all the time. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think he says bollocks in every every issue he's in. Right, okay. But uh, I, I really enjoyed this issue. I think this is like this is uh, some, one, one of our friends, a uh, good good friend of the show, Rebecca, uh, said that she enjoys this more than the Wildstorm book itself. I can, uh, I can understand that because while you know Warren Ellis is definitely playing the long game with that, with that, like you have very you have multiple issues in a row of just mm-hmm. like straight up setup and world building without much payoff immediately. Whereas this is like a very very fun to follow. Yeah, free story. for the week kind yeah, of vibe. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but a great issue, very well written, and uh, with fun art too. I love nude, scary Fishman. Me too. Version of Aquaman. I didn't know I did, but I do now. Yep. Um, so let's talk about Action Comics number nine hundred ninety-nine. Did you read this? No. But is it really nine hundred ninety-nine? Yeah, and guess what's happening in issue to a thousand? What? Bendis is coming. <laughs> but more importantly, did you know that King's Comics is going to have a worldwide exclusive cover by the incredible Nicholas Scott, available and- only at King's Comics through kingscomics.com. You can pre-order your copy right now. And she's drawn on her cover multiple versions throughout time of Bendis coming. <laughs> <laughs> and she will be signing all of those copies uh, on uh, April 19th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. 8 p.m. So- Issue number 999 of Action Comics, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Will Conrad, uh, um, colors by Ivan Nunez, uh, is a dinner between um, Lois Lane and her father, General Lane. Um, cool. He's just met her son, and uh, they, you know, they're estranged. They hate mm. each other. She wrote an article exposing his war crimes, and he committed war crimes. <laughs> Um, and, and wanted to get away with it, and they hated. Um, they, 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 they hate. They, they, are like you know. Main tension comes between the fact that um, both he, both she, and his, and her wife, her husband, uh, have uh, written in support of Superman. Mm-hmm. But Gemeline doesn't know that Clark is, is Superman. Superman. Awkward. But that's something fun that the reader does know. We do know that, and Bendis knows it. Bendis and Bendis is coming. He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> coming. <laughs> <laughs> And I know that Bendis is coming <laughs> because just before Cyborg Superman lands a punch on Superman, you turn the page and guess what, everybody? Bendis is coming. <laughs> I'm so glad this made you laugh as much as it did me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe the whole, this whole thing is just Bendis has like uh, erectile dysfunction and can't come. Look. Maybe. This is actually a, an ad for <laughs> whatever would help you with that. Horny goat I weed? I would not know. Yeah, this is, <laughs> it's a really interesting product placement in Superman this month. Anyway, whatever. This issue was fine. Yeah, it looks fine. <laughs> um, and, uh, I don't care about the relationship between Lois Lane and her dad. I didn't even know she had a dad. I just what? assumed she was a test tube baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is another thing that Bendis is coming is advertising too. It's not the only way to make babies. Yeah, readers. guys. <laughs> um, Jim but- didn't think that this ad was as like confronting as I did last week, and I wanted to talk about it way more. So <laughs> of course, you know I'm on board. What making an hour of cum jokes? You know I'm <laughs> up for that. Um, but uh, yeah, this this ends very very schmaltzily, which is what Jergens is you know prone to doing, um, and uh, it, it has like. Superman show up will Clark show up and be like um, your general ends storming out he's like I'm gonna leave blah 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 and he's like no I owe you an apology and then they have a nice dinner together happy 999 Lame. issues of Superman everybody the Bendis hell? is coming good lord yeah this issue sucked Bendis didn't even come <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miracle issue 7 the worst placement of the Bendis is coming ad yeah if you think it's annoying us talking about it so much try it try showing up in every it. comic you read yeah, this week yeah good lord okay so I didn't read the last issue of Mr. Miracle so uh, Big Bart is pregnant yes yes 
And uh, in this issue, uh, Big Bada uh, had her baby delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone that recently also had a baby delivered. Yes. Um, did Bendis come just before you delivered your baby? It was actually really crazy. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. But apparently it happens at every birth. Um, it's how you get fully dilated. So you've been mostly cold on this series. Yeah. Written by Tom King with art by Mitch Gerrards. Yeah. Um, because this is a much more grounded uh, you know, read boring. <laughs> um, it's 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 almost a slice of life comic with occasional interspersed fighting and weird god crazy yeah. z- zany stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I live for those moments, mm-hmm. and I don't find myself as bogged down by the kind of dredgy, you know, PTSD Ultra depressing stuff. Um, what did you think of this issue, which is basically about? Uh, Mr. Miracle and Big Bada having their firstborn, who's mm. the first new god born on Earth, mm-hmm. um, while being interrupted by all the insane shit that they came from. Yeah. I think it is incredible that he managed to make this issue as dull as it was. You found this dull? You didn't think it was, like, really boring? No, I find that stuff really, really funny. Like, it, it revels yeah. in the mundane. And I guess if you don't find it amusing, it must be just a chore. But yeah. I find it really, really funny. Because, like, the whole time that... That Big Barter's, you know, going through her cervix dilating, like Scott, Mr. Miracle is like checking his phone intermittently and then... Yeah. And then... I would find that very irritating. Well, I mean, you, 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 there's only so many times you can ask if your wife wants anything, Siobhan. You, you take out your phone at some point when she's not looking. I had the quickest labor yeah, right? of all time. So I'm like, you get in, you get out, it's done. Bam. Um, both my kids were born at like fucking six in the morning. Yeah, holy um, shit. So After we, a full night. Uh, and, and Archie was born on the 3rd of January, which was two days after I threw a New Year's Eve party. Oh my God, yeah. So I had no sleep and then he B went into labor on the second. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I um, I stayed up all night and she had this like spritz for her face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to like, you know, whenever she wanted to like cool herself down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, in the later hours of her giving birth, I was spraying that directly into my eye <laughs> so I could stay awake. <laughs> so That's really heavy. the moments of Mr. Miracle kind of like, trying to be there for his wife, but also being, like, a bit bored, yeah, yeah, waiting, yeah. and then, like, kind of he's suggesting these ridiculous names to name their... their yeah, their... and then they're like, we're going to name him Jacob. I mean, that was always going to be schmaltzy. Like, no no revelation of of what they sh- what you should call your child has ever been interesting, um, no matter yeah, who but you are. Like, your mum's called Big Barter, <laughs> and your dad's called Scott Free. I get that they're like, mm, yeah, Jacob's Ladder, mm, yeah, trying to make it really well, That would have been amazing if they, were, if they did that Jacob's Ladder thing and then decided to call her kid Ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I would have been way more into that. Way better. Um, oh, yeah, look, I, I thought that this was, like, fine, but, like... I kind of almost would have rather had it be a little bit more... Like, there's something really removed about this whole comic. It doesn't feel... I think the reason I don't identify with it and the reason that I don't find all that... You don't stuff, identify as issue seven of Mr. Miracle. No, like, I don't, I don't relate to it because it's told in this incredibly removed way. So I don't right. think... I don't, I don't find the stuff moving. I don't find the mundane stuff interesting. I'm just like, this is like... Also, why, why have her giving birth on her back? Guys, what don't do give birth on your back. That's what how both my kids were born into this world. Yeah, it's way easier if you like. I'm not having any more kids. Also, I didn't give birth. Guys, squat. Okay, squat. (laughs) Um, I did holding standing. What? I'm I'm tough. Yeah, well, everyone is very aware of that. Yeah, I'm very tough. 
Um, I, I, I thought this is one of the stronger issues of this series, but I can totally understand. Why, why I thought you see I was very impressed that he managed to like resist the urge to make it like a stillborn or something incredibly depressing. Because the whole way through, I was just braced to be like, how depressing is he going to make this? Because I cannot handle that. Yep. And then the baby was fine, and that was okay. The baby was fine, and so was this issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, New Superman, issue number 21. New Superman, The Justice League of China, written by uh, Jimmy Luen Yang, um, with art by... Oh, another very bad ad that keeps showing up in the DC books is something called Impractical Jokers. With, with four generic white men. Like, who... And, like, old Pranks. white men. Yeah. What's the deal? It's like, what if jackass were, like, old and office workers? Actually, that sounds fun. That actually sounds great. <laughs> um, but so this has art by Brent Peoples with colours by Hi-Fi and Matt Santorelli on inks. And this sees the introduction of the Aquaman of North Korea, which is a character I didn't know I needed, but now I do. Um, so every comic. This, some issues of this comic, he is prone to just being a bit too... I, I've got to explain every inch of what's happening and, and where these characters are coming from. And mm-hmm. I do like it when he uses that to explain parts of culture. Because mm-hmm. um, at the moment, we're, not getting, we're getting not only like uh, Chinese culture, but also North Korean mm-hmm. um, culture and stuff like that, which I really appreciate. But then mm-hmm. sometimes over explanations of what each of the characters are thinking and their motivations make this book a bit of a slow read. Yeah. Um, but it's always, always wins me over. Like, I'm, I'm like, I, like the first few pages, I'm always like, maybe this will be the last one I read. You know, it's, it's taking me a while to read through these pages, and then, then something great will happen, like this Aquaman stuff at the end. And yeah, totally. Even just like, um, even uh, just a big like procession of giant crab and like <laughs> weird monsters bringing a skeleton to him, so that he can be imbued with the spirit of a like ancient dragon god. Yeah, and I, I liked, um, I even liked the the Chinese Wonder Woman um, buying street food for um, yeah. for the new character. It was fun. It's really good fun. I love this book, guys. I think it's. It's massively so, underappreciated. It's so good. I, I, the fact that they like, I feel like this would be great if they allowed it to exist in its own niche. Like, I, I'm not like you. I don't. I think the fact that Mister Miracle is removed from the greater DC universe, I see that as a good thing because it means that there's more at stake. No, I mean like emotionally removed. The way oh, that it's right. narrated, the way that like there's weird distance, like emotional distance between from the characters. So I can't understand. Well, you fight in the war and you come back and you try and write a comic that isn't emotionally distant. All right. All right. You think giving birth on your knees is hard? <laughs> <laughs> Try holding a gun. <laughs> anyway, I love this book, and I love that this is like a Superman who's an asshole. You know, yes, like Superman definitely. who's a jerk and has a lot of like character development and like life stuff to get through. He's great. It's great. The final DC book that I read this week uh, was Sideways. Same. Um, and I don't know why I read it because I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Kenneth Rockefort is real good, and I feel like he's not being. Uh, like there's almost like not enough for him to do on this. His stuff is so like out there and like massive and crazy cosmic. Yeah, I imagine like being not- him getting that call, being from like Dan DiDio, head of yeah. DC, and he's like, "Hey, Kenneth, man, we want you to do a new book." And he's like, "Hell yeah, man, it's amazing!" And he's like, "And guess what? I'm gonna write it." And you're like, <laughs> oh man, Great, thanks, <laughs> oh, cool. Dan. And you know how you just came from Marvel? Well, um, we're actually doing like this weird thing where we're like kind of borrowing all these ideas from Marvel yeah. and they're kind of like these shitty versions of Marvel characters. You know all those Marvel characters that you love? We're going to do really boring, weird versions of them. You know Spider-Man? What if he could only uh, teleport Yeah. instead of having cool spider powers? And there's like a weird Venom thing going on in Galactus and then a speedster character shows up in this. I don't know if I'm reading any yeah, more of this. No. I don't um, like it. She calls herself... <laughs> Kill speed. Yeah, because 
her speed kills me. It kills herself, but also you. And she goes, I call myself kill speed for a reason. Not she bad. Sure, she not, sure not does. Good. Not good. Not good at not all. Good. Um, so now we're going to talk about image this week. Um, and I managed to get through all my image books. That's good. Nice. Um, let's start with another issue, second issue. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that is uh, the second issue of Verses, which is a book that started last month, written by Ivan Brandon with art by Asad Rivik, um, with colors by Nick Klein. Um, and... Uh, this is a like a weird kind of like future space reality show, which is about people like killing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the the only sport that exists is literal war, and they're fighting for things like the rights to film in certain areas or like things like that. Like it's all very um, ultra capitalism yeah. vibes. Um, look, I love Isad Rivic. I Rivic, sorry, mm-hmm. Rivic. I don't think he was the right choice for this book at all. I kind of agree with you. I think that some of the character designs are exceptional, but there are a couple of moments where I have no idea what's going on on who's who. Or, yeah. yeah, this is like a really frantic like action book in parts, and it's not. That's not what he excels at. No, he excels at drawing Asgard. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Um, I think this would have been much better suited to like a very fun and frantic artist. Um, but then you don't get the sort of uh, gritty realism. But I don't want that from this book at all. But I mean, Ivan Brandon probably does. Yeah, but I kind of do because I like the the sort of. Um, I guess it's like the the explicit commentary on like the how the commodified people's lives are in this world. Sure. Um, I don't think I'm going to keep reading this book. Um, I think I will because I think I'm having enough fun with the sort of uh, social commentary nonsense. And I sort of enjoy (laughs) that kind of um, sci-fi. And I like that it's almost like a sort of sports manga. (laughs) It's kind of about sports and like people's personalities and that. Yeah. it's fun. Okay. Like like, there's a silly bit in this. Well, not silly. But like there's a bit where a guy... Um, is getting beaten up by thugs on the street and he's like, police, help me. And they're like, nah, you haven't paid your credits this month. So he has to pay before the police will help him. Silly. Fun. Um, the final issue of Slots, issue number six, came out this week. There were a deadly class this week. Yeah, there was. We'll get to that later. Uh, Slots is issue number six, written and drawn by Dan Panosian. Uh, came out through Skybound and Image. Um, and uh, this was a book about um, like a kind of like old con man returning to Vegas uh, to his estranged son and all these people that he left in the dust mm-hmm. many years ago, uh, an amateur boxer. Um, a lot went on in this. There was like a, a casino on the line, mm-hmm. a, 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 a mother and daughter mm-hmm. relationship on the line um, and uh, a boxing match and, and, and a long con. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it really paid off. Maybe it would read better in trade. Yeah. I think I was expecting something a, a bit more fun and big and like a bit more of a satisfying conclusion to this. But uh, it was still fun. But Yeah. Some of the most like incredible character design, I think, of any comic that I've read in a really long time. It's hard. Like a lot of, um, I think, artists struggle to draw like older people or mm. people with wrinkles. So everyone looks like eternally youthful. And I like that all these characters are really like lived in and grimy. And I think that's really satisfying. Um, I, th- I think this is something that would be a great read in trade. I yep. think that because the the time between issues made us like forget a little bit of the intricacies of the plot. I like that the hero of this book at one point uh, slips on a uh, to go undercover uh, is wearing like a cleaner's outfit, a plumbing outfit, and it's it's Cook's plumbing, which I can assume is a Darwin Cook 
uh, little tribute. You got to hope so. It seems very influenced by Darwin Cook's um, sort of Parker. Definitely. Stuff. Oh, there's a new Darwin Cook collection out. Um, have you seen that? It's uh, all, everything he's done for DC that hasn't been collected. So it's heaps of like random issues. Yeah, it's coming out. Is it already? It's out? already out it's on the shelves at King's right now. Everyone should buy it. Kingscomics.com. I'm going to buy it today. Nice. Um, Deadly Class came out. Issue number 32. Love Like Blood, part one of five. A new arc after a a, a pretty long hiatus Mm. from Rick Remender, Wes Craig, and um, Jordan Boyd. Um, And this featured some of, I think, some of the best art that Wes Wes Craig has done on Deadly Class. Look at these panels. Good lord. I'm, okay, this is what, when you brought up like mentioning pop culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots. Of, this is so referential to pop culture, be it music or in in this case, um, at one point Marcus describes the the, the scene as Frank Miller esque. But see, I don't mind that. Yep. I don't. I do mind it in like a Marvel universe thing where it's ah, like you sure. have your own pop stars. Don't talk about Beyonce. Yeah, um, I'm mean, re- rereading James Robinson's Starman at the moment, and it happens a lot in that. But it's so dated that i, I it yeah, works I like it and he's like a cult like a, he's i think the best thing about that that character is that he is like a um a, a an antiques shop um, yeah, yeah, dealer yeah. so the whole time that he's not being a superhero he's trying to get like rare things yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. bargaining with people mm. um when he's not being a hero it's good fun anyway deadly class is really good too this issue um sees <clears throat> what's left of our two groups of of students um, thrust into a situation in which uh, uh, they have to unlike uh, basically like team up with their enemies in order to survive being attacked by the yakuza. Oh, cool! <clears throat> and um, just had some of the best action scenes I've ever seen in this book, which has been filled with so many great action moments. But like just brilliant doubles page spreads, none of which announcing that a certain bald New York writer was coming. <laughs> and I love so much how they seem to. Um, I don't know if this is like true but there seems to be a really distinctive color palette for each story arc and yes. it seems like this looks really <coughs> gorgeously brown <laughs> it's a very brown issue um yeah i love this this is like a, a, a really triumphant return for deadly class i think it's my favorite remender book definitely i mean it's so it's it's his, the one that's closest to fun <laughs> <laughs> still issues that make you want to die though yep. um sleepless ah in the Seattle, best. great what? movie. No, <laughs> Sleepless issue four came out this week, written by Sarah Vaughan with art by Leila De Luca. Um, Colors and- by Alyssa Salar. And I want to. Um, I don't know if it's. I don't know if Shanna Matruzak is. It says production, but if she has anything to do with like the design and like the sort of prints and stuff that are in this book, fucking good job. Nice work doing that. Doing that production. Yes. Um, so this is a, a kind of medieval set book um, with slight elements of fantasy, mm-hmm. um, being that um, every member of the royalty is protected by someone who goes without sleep forever. The um, sleepless nights. They become the sleepless nights. And um, the last issue saw a kind of tournament between all the sleepless nights and uh, in which the um, the sleepless night for our main character, Lady Pepenia, was triumphant. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this issue, we see someone else try to take another attempt at her life. And they're each working their own things out, their love for each other. And um, he is being plagued by visions that many sleepless succumb to after not sleeping for Mm. so many years. They call it drifting. (coughs) And you start to drift into like a sort of hallucinatory world after you haven't slept for literal years. You still love this book, right? I fucking love this book so so much. It's so good. It just... hits a whole bunch of my buttons. It's like an amazing <laughs> romance book. It's an amazing, what? It's an amazing, like, historical fantasy. Like, I 
I fucking love this. It's gorgeous <laughs> to look at. It is like all female gazy. It's just the best. I'm just imagining Bendis saying, oh, I'm not coming right now. Could you just hit a whole bunch of my buttons? <laughs> Bendis has ruined sex forever. <laughs> <laughs> For all of us. No one's ever having sex ever again. And it's all Bendis's fault. Um, even if the characters in Sleepless want to, they're not. And it's Bendis's fault. Did you see that someone on Twitter said that their favorite part of the show was how horny I am for all comics? Yep. I was like, thanks, man. Horny for comics. Make that your bio. <laughs> I should. <laughs> uh, one last image review is uh, Mage the Hero Denied, issue number seven. Um, and this is written and drawn by Matt Wagner, um, making his return to the series after um, a couple years uh, with issue seven into this uh, new volume. Um, and uh, the whole volume so far has been about him trying to keep his past separate from his life um, and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's been, you know, he's got a, he's got a, a son. And uh, his wife has, you know, is, is a witch, but neither of them are kind of, you know, superheroes or, mm-hmm. or fighting um, monsters and stuff anymore. <clears throat> and um, the, he's been mostly successful in keeping that, those two things separate. And uh, in this issue, everything comes crashing down and uh, both his, his, his wife and his child are taken. Oh, no. Um, but it's not, it's, it's a really fun series. So you're like, mm. you're never like worried about them just being like, you know, ripped to shreds by demons or whatever. Yeah. It just is like, oh, he's going to get out of this one. Like, it's just fun. It's yeah. good. It's a really good comic. Cool. I really enjoy it. I still haven't read any of the early stuff though. And that's I think fun. It, that's it's cool a testa- testament to how good this series is that I don't feel the need to. Absolutely. <clears throat> I would, but I don't have time. Hmm. Um, let's move over to other publishers right now. Um, we've got a few books by the likes of Boom and Valiant to review. Um, and we are going to stick, kick it off with a uh, review of Boom Studios' finale to the miniseries written by Jeff Loveness with art by Jacob Rebelka, Judas. We've got issue four of four of this great miniseries, which uh, basically sees Judas, um, the uh, the man of uh, Jesus' apostles. Was he, a, was he an apostle? I He's don't a fo- know. He was one of Jesus' followers, who betra- the one who betrayed them. Yeah. Betrayed him. Um, and so Judas is in hell and um, Jesus is just being crucified and uh, comes face to face with Judas in hell. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Wait, did Judas die? I don't remember. I mean, he must the, have. Yeah, I, guess, I guess he does in this, in this book. I can't remember. I think he does. Um, both You've Siobhan, got to assume he did at some point. Both Siobhan and I were raised Christian and a big part of being raised Christian is not remembering any of the main details of any of the Bible stories. Absolutely. It's very important. No matter how many times they read them to you, you don't remember any of them. It's a really important part of being a lapsed Catholic in Australia. Um, I'm looking forward to raising my children as lapsed Catholics because I don't like the catchment that my public school is in, so we have to send them to a Catholic one. Oh, hectic. Luckily, I got guilted into baptizing my son by my great-grandma. My grandma. His great-grandma. Who doesn't listen. She doesn't even know what a podcast is. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Judas. um, This uh, was a phenomenal series. Incredible. So good. And um, one that I definitely, upon reading this conclusion, will be buying for my still practicing Catholic father. Yep. I think he will really enjoy this because it re, it makes you think about the character of Judas. That the whole thing is basically that he had a role to play, and Jesus knew what his role was. And you're kind of, you, it, Jesus is kind of painted as a bad guy for allowing Judas's life to be turned to shit by his actions, um, and and end up in hell. But this this series kind of redeems him mm-hmm. and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to read more adventures of Judas I now. Know, like- I know, I <laughs> know. But this is like such a perfect four-issue little story. And like Nate, who was raised extremely Christian, um, 
got a lot out of this book and when it finished she was like we have to buy this and trade which is an incredibly rare thing for him to say um so definitely definitely check this out whether you were like christian or not i think this has a lot to um a lot you can take from it yeah and i the think art is gorgeous yeah if, if you are not religious at all i still think this as a like if you're someone that is interested in a book like fables the yep. reimagining of classic stories and mm-hmm. you view the bible as a classic story absolutely i think this you know this is a really really interesting take on a very small moment of, of, of the bible absolutely and it's very much about like the role of the villain and the role of um different sort of archetypes in stories um i think it's really clever yeah me too this is awesome um I'm, I think Jeff Loveness is like shot to the top of my like writers to watch and yeah, read absolutely. every single thing they do and maybe go back and see what he's written before this and Nova mm-hmm. and, and read that. Yeah, for sure. World Reader. He did that one too. I like that as well. Yeah, that was good. He's a good writer. Um, Grass Kings is another book that came out through Boom this week. Um, we got issue number 13 written by Matt Kint with art by Tyler and Hilary Jenkins. Um, this is about the uh, community. Um, that lives off the grid in America um, and the neighboring town police uh, want to end this community and its secrets and they do so by basically suggesting to police that there is a mass murderer living in the in, in the community mm-hmm. and uh, this sees everything, the shit hit the fan and um, the um, FBI and various forces are basically like... Exploding the town from their helicopter. That's right. They're exploding the town from their helicopter. The worst thing that can happen to your town. Um, and uh, we're getting closer and closer to finding out like the, the, the secrets behind this murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on in this book and it's great. It's so good. And Tyler, Tyler Jenkins' art with uh, Hillary's colors is so wonderful and unique. Absolutely. This is a really different book. Um, and Matt Kint sort of excels at that kind of like small town, quiet, ominous family Yes, shit. definitely. Yeah, this is a, a great issue, and I feel like everything. I, I feel like it's coming to an end, right? I don't know how many more issues know. there are left. But I feel like you could tell endless stories with um, these the, characters. Not if the town gets exploded by the helicopter. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, so that was uh, yeah, Grass Kings issue number thirteen. Um, there's two trades of this out. Catch up and start yeah. reading this series with us because it's a really good one. Absolutely. Um, Cold War, issue number two, was an Aftershock, Aftershock number one. Uh, it came out a month or so ago, written by Christopher Sabella and Hayden Sherman on art. Um, I got three pages into this and I went, uh, yeah. I stopped. I love Hayden Sherman's art. And as far as, like, I'm not a big fan of Christopher Sabella's art um, writing from what I've read of him so far, but mm-hmm. this is probably the book that I enjoy the most. But it is very fragmented, all over the place storytelling um, that uh, I think when we reviewed the first issue, we said it reminded us a lot of um, the kind of more experimental comics of um, uh, uh, Alice Scott, Frank Miller. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> um, I was like experimental, but yeah, it has an Alice Scott vibe from a writing point of view yeah. too. But I think yeah, this uh, it'll definitely read better in trade. Whether it will be good or not, I can't tell you. But this was um, a bit of a struggle to get through, remembering what happened in the first issue. And yeah. Yeah, I feel like there was another Aftershock book, or maybe it was a... Yeah, there's an Aftershock book that started recently that was about that woman who was a criminal and repurposed into being like a a robot who... Yeah. What happened to that? Have we, have we gotten more than one issue of that? I can't I remember. I don't know. That was cool. I like that more than this, but this was... It's still beautiful to look at and great. I just don't think it reads very well issue to issue. Agreed. Which is a shame. 
Um, last book I read this week, uh, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, issue number three. Um, this is uh, a really fun series, uh, even so with my limited knowledge, which is becoming less and less limited of the Valiant mm. Universe. Um, I'm getting a kick out of it. Basically, Ninjak has to uh, fight various, uh, pretty much everyone in the Valiant Universe uh, because he wants to save the lives of the people that he loves. Um, and um, this sees there's a twist. Ooh. Um, and, What's the twist? Uh, the twist is that, like, they work out a way to um, work alongside Ninjak, ah. but they still have to pretend that they're going to be, that they're trying to kill him. Ah, really fun. Fun. And they saw him come head to head with Archer and Armstrong. Great. And um, Armstrong learns that they're not meant to kill him; that they'd have to look like that they were taken out in battle. So he smashes the top of a porcelain toilet bowl off, off across Archer's head. That's the best. It's a it's a brilliant image. The the, the face that he pulls, I'm gonna find it for you, looks looks really 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 funny. I don't know what face you would expect to make when you go to the top of a toilet broken over your head, but it's pretty great. He kind of goes cross eyed and his mouth agape. <laughs> that really is great. good. That's vaguely like Archie esque. <laughs> yeah, uh, and of course a great Greg Smallwood cover. Incredible Greg Smallwood. Oh, cover. a bookend. We talked about Greg Smallwood at the first, at the beginning. There you and go. So some books that I didn't Imagine get around if to that reading. Was intentional. Some books I didn't get around to reading um, are ones that I just knew were going to be good. So we had Squirrel Girl earlier, but um, also there was Ghost Money. Um, oh, which what is, the fuck? Why do I keep missing this? You're so far behind on this. Jim! <laughs> He's sick today, so I can curse him out. Uh, and um, Atlas and Axis, um, the really great Titan comic about the dogs yeah. going to war. Yeah. Now I'm too far behind on this and we're sold out of the first issue, so I, I, I'm going to wait for you trade. Just pick, okay, but you could just I pick tried. Okay. I found it complicated. Really? Okay, damn. All right. Um, but uh, I'm an idiot. So just just assume that I love them. Yeah. Um, and assume that we love you, dear listener. Don't. For you. Oh, what the fuck? I don't. I was about, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do a sell on. I was going to try and get five oh. bucks out of them from the, for the Wolverine thing. I'm so sorry. Uh, anyway, right. thanks so much to Wolverine for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> and if you want to go to uh, the web address. He's the best he is at what he does. And what he does is narrate. <laughs> Stitcher.com slash premium uh, And enter the code issues Get yourself a free month of Stitcher um, Subscription and listen to those new Wolverine episodes And uh, support the podcast in a fun way That gets you more podcasts that aren't done by us How do you imagine Wolverine sounds? What's your Wolverine voice? <laughs> <laughs> good, that's yeah. good yeah. Yeah. I imagine he sounds like Brian Blessed Who's that? Oh, you don't know who Brian Blessed is? like a fucking wrestler or something No! That's my point Gordon's alive! What the fuck is Brian Blessed? That's my Brian Blessed impression. Was that good? Thanks, Carol. What is it? Brian Blessed. He's a big guy with a big beard. Don't just say his name when I ask who he is. Have you seen Flash Gordon? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, the guy who goes, Gordon's alive! Oh, right. And he's crazy, and he's climbed... What's the big mountain? Everest? Like, five times. And he believes in yetis. Anyway, he's fucking incredible. He is one. He is a yeti. Great. My hero. Well, there's a good reason to listen to the end of every episode because you learn a cool fact. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash serious issues podcast or at facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. Um, and uh, you can join the discussion of all the various comics that we talk about there and many other things. Mm-hmm. Just don't put, don't post too much or I'll make you only post in, in a, <laughs> in a, in a one post a week in a, in a zone named after your name. <laughs> Which is very specific and reason enough for anyone who's not a part of the group to go join it, just so you can see what I'm talking about. So we can all bully this one New Zealand teenager. No, no, it's an, there's another there's another teenager doing oh, the same yeah. thing now. Yeah, two zones going. 
I love it. Com slash a zone of your own over at facebook.com slash group slash series podcast. Um, you can support us on Patreon. We are doing many uh, uh, bonus episodes. In fact, we are going to record one next week about cool. all the trades and, oh, uh, and graphic novels. I have novels. been reading a lot of amazing graphic novels lately. Amazing. Yeah, me too. Um, I've, I've made it through the, um, some recent Box Brown releases. Cool. And um, I've finished all of Strangers in Paradise. I read all of Jeff Lemire's Bloodshot. So we'll be talking about all that. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm jealous of that. Yeah. I read Persepolis for the first time. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's not, definitely on my to-read list eventually. Holy shit. Good Terrible? Book. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful, guys. Um, and I've also read this amazing one, which I've already talked about a lot on Queens of Kings, um, the Queens of Kings page. But it's called Brazen, and it's a series of short stories about women who did whatever the fuck they wanted in their lives. And I am buying it for everyone I know because I love it so much. Okay, well, tell us all it about it. It made me emotional. In a bonus episode that's going up next week, patreon.com slash podcast if you want to gain access to all of the extra bonus episodes we record over the mm-hmm. last year. There's a whole bunch of them there, yeah. including one ones that aren't about graphic novels, ones that are about Siobhan and Nate talking about X-Men that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues or individually at Siobhan CBG and at Levdog. Remember, tweet every creator whose name we fucked up how to pronounce their name for us. Yes, please. It's the least you could do. Absolutely. Plus all the other things I just asked you to do. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bendis is coming. Bendis is coming. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. 
yahoofinance.com.